0: Welcome to the cockpit. My name's Ryan, and I'll be your pilot tonight. I am joined alongside my co-pilot. I've got Joe Blewett from Jets X Factor back again. Joe, how you doing tonight?
1: Doing well, man. Um, I'm excited that season's over. I'm Not necessarily excited the the way it ended necessarily. We kind of expected that. Uh, got some got some drinks. Got some college football playoffs on the, the the Natties on. So we're gonna be watching that a little bit on the side. Oh, yeah. uh, excited to be back uh, with you again.
0: Last week was fun. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, guys. We're excited. We got the Joe's got his game on the phone. I got my game on over at the side. We're gonna be watching some of these prospects. Uh, there's a few playing tonight that the Jets may be interested in. But the main goal for tonight is to just kind of talk a little bit about the Jets season uh, and everything that went on, and just sort of hand out some grades and, and talk a little bit about that. Uh, so I guess let's just clear the air. Yesterday's game. I, I don't know about you, Joe, but I want to like just crinkle it up and just throw it in the garbage. What are your thoughts?
1: Yeah, for the most part, you can. And like Zach had a few up and downs that game, but for the most part, when you're working with an offensive line that got absolutely abused, when you have running backs who are falling down out of the backfield, uh, when you have receivers who can't catch the ball, when you're down your top four receivers, right? Mm-hmm. Um, yep. Denzel Mims coming in again and getting a, a false start or legal motion, wherever the hell that was. Um, no running game. Like he played okay in that situation to, to good. So that's, that's fine. And everything else else, other than that, you know, there really wasn't much to evaluate from the young guys. So it was a shitty game. We expected a shitty game. Zach Wilson didn't look terrible. And that's kind of all we, we could hope for at that point, you know, versus a number one defense in the league fighting for, to win the AFC, uh, raucous environment with shitty weather. Like what could what, what could you really expect in that game? So yeah, it's kind of like you said, crinkle up, toss it out.
0: Yeah, it's we had a one extra year of sixteen game schedule. That's how we got to think about this, <laughs> right now. Forget forget that last game, uh, but let's jump into some of our gradings. Uh, so the first group I want to look at is going to be the special teams, uh, and how we feel Joe Douglas and Robert Sala kind of handled that. Uh, we wound up going through three kickers this year. We had Amendola, was it Kessman was the the name and um, Pinero. Those are our three kickers for this uh, for this past year. So, Joe, I guess uh, your thoughts on the Jets' kicking situation, and how would you grade maybe that area?
1: Uh, C minus, C plus, C. I, I, it's just because like like Amendola was so bad for the beginning, mm-hmm. or, and, and and he was kind of like he, he wasn't like the the most the worst kicker we've we seen. He wasn't like Vedvik bad, yeah, um, but. Then Pinero came in In the last couple of weeks. He's been hitting 50 yarders and pretty consistently. I know his kicks are kind of weird and ugly, um, (laughs) but they still go in. So as long as they go go in, I don't give a shit how they get in there. Um, Mm -hmm. So I I guess a a C plus, and that's kind of from Amendola being a D minus and Pinero being like a B, B, B plus.
0: Yeah, I think that's probably where I'd go cuz I liked Amandola's kickoffs a lot. I thought he was had a strong leg. I didn't feel like his misses were that bad, but they were just way too shaky like 40 yards and out and you just can't have that. Like I'd rather have a consistent like 45 and in than like maybe the ability to kick a 55 yarder. Um I would say C+ plus because of the way it ended. Um and now maybe I guess you could probably weigh it on like almost a curve, right? Like, okay, well, we started off real bad, but we finished with a perfect kicker aside from, you know, one missed extra point. Um, I don't know. I, do you think Pinaro's is the, the kicker for next year or do you think they try to bring in competition? I know Amendola is still on the practice squad. I think I'd like to see those two maybe compete next year.
1: Um yeah, I would I would say that they bring in competition still. Uh, I get that Pinero was good for you know four, what was it, four or five weeks, four weeks? Mm-hmm. Um, but that's still not a large enough sample size. We've seen plenty of kickers short our, our kick for, for four weeks and and still um and, and show promise for those four or five weeks, whatever it may be. Um, mm-hmm. but that we're not bringing a competition for a guy who was off the streets would be a mistake. It's really not that hard to bring in a kicker to camp. So, um, it's not like a quarterback you're going to mess up his mental or anything like that. Just bring in a damn kicker. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't think he's earned, I don't think he's earned the lockdown spot. Um, I would say he's probably the favorite just based on how he's been kicking, but yeah, you can't just give it to him.
0: Yeah. I think that's, that's pretty fair to, uh, pretty fair assessment. We've gone through what? Nine kickers since 2019 is, is it 19 or seven? I think it's 17, 2017. They've gone through like nine kickers. I just want to know that we are like in good shape. I I, ha- cool I shape. had the whole
1: conspiracy theory. I don't know if you heard it, but i, I've I know, been saying I it, it. It. I've been saying it for a while. It's it's been a little bit. Um, and I was basically just saying that Joe Doug- well, one, the 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 logical way to look at it is that Joe Douglas is is just bad at bringing kickers and it's been an oversight. But my conspiracy theory is that he knows the Jets aren't really competing. It's something that fans won't really crush him for. So if a kicker loses him a game, he's okay with it because he gets a better draft position. And in the future when they're actually competing, then he will... Then he will bring in a good kicker. So that's that's the conspiracy theory that he's bringing. He's getting some losses for the Jets with the with the kicker position on purpose.
0: I don't think that's a conspiracy theory at all. I think you're actually spot on. I, I do. No, no, no. I'm dead serious. I think that is legitimately like. I don't think he's necessarily trying to lose games, but I don't think he's trying to invest in the position right now. Like almost the same way with the defense where you kind of like you build your offense and you can score a bunch of points. You could kind of figure it out, not that the Jets scored a bunch of points, but you can you could build it up, but you're going to lose games by way of your defense because you're just going to give up so much. So You're going to get a higher draft pick. Like that's why it wouldn't shock me too too much if we wound up seeing some additional offense this off season and only just like sort of piece in the defense where we can still lose a few games. Maybe we're going somewhere in that 7 and 10 to 9 and 8 sort of range next year. That would I think would be ideally uh, where we'd like to be competing for a playoff hunt. I want to see the Jets' picture in the in the hunt uh, next year. So I don't think you're wrong. I do think uh, there's some truth to that. Now, as far as punter goes, we had two punters this year. We started the man. He gets hurt first game of the season. We go to Morstead, and then we go back to man sometime around like week 12 or something like that. And it's sort of a tale of, of two halves because – Morstead really, really played well. I think he wound up finishing, well, according to pro football folks, they graded him out as the sixth uh, best punter, but he was on Atlanta for the last half of the season, so I don't know how those grades kind of shake out either way. Um, Man, I thought, was shaky to start and got better as he kind of got healthier, if that makes sense. Uh, we saw a few clunkers um, towards the end of the season, but he did have a nice booming, I think it was 63-yard punt. Um I would say punter wise on the season, I would give us a B minus B. I, th- yeah. I think inside the twenty, I thought we were, were halfway decent this year.
1: <clears throat> yeah, I think that's fair. Um, I would say Morris said was more consistent than Man, mm-hmm. which is a concern when he's what he's a he's a fifth or sixth round pick man. Yeah, um, and while and, yeah six, so and when he has you know a huge leg and you'll see games with. You know, three, four punts inside the twenty. You'll also have that that twenty yard, thirty yard shank. Not so much as uh, the Bills kicker or the Bills punter last week, uh, hmm. watching that game. But he still has those kicks that that, that can't be that can't happen for for a punter um, in the NFL. And sometimes you see him kind of outkick his coverage, and not not just in terms of distance, but in terms of the hang time on it, where he's he's line drawing it, driving it, and giving you know guys plenty of time. Um, obviously to receive the ball and then and then run with it. So, um, I think I think man is a C C plus. I don't think he's really been great. Um, I think that uh, cons- in terms of consistency, more said was better. And I would even say that you know Lachlan Edwards was even to that level or or better. So he's been definitely disappointing for me, especially when you're drafting a punter like you're expecting him to be you know, like legitimately like top 10, like at least, yeah, yeah. like he came Good. in, I was watching high, like highlights of punters on freaking YouTube, booming the ball. It was him and it was him and somebody else. And he was just throwing missiles into the air. I was like, Holy shit, this guy's gonna be a top five punter. I don't know how it doesn't translate, but apparently it doesn't. Um, so yeah, he's been, he's been, he's been eh, but yeah, B minus. Cause I guess more said for those, for those couple of games, but you know, hopefully I guess he could develop kicking a ball. I don't, I don't
0: know. Uh, that brings us to our kick and punt returner and Braxton Barrios. Give him a boy an A plus. I loved it. I thought he was one of the best, if not the best, returner this year on a consistent basis. It felt like anytime he had his hands on the ball, he wasn't fumbling on punts and he wasn't uh, you know, going before the twenty five yard line. I think his kick average kick return was like thirty plus yards. So pretty positive there. What are your thoughts?
1: Yeah, he's, a, he's an A um, for sure. Uh, a, a, A plus. He's, I think he's top at least five or three in kick return yardage and punt return yardage. Didn't have a fumble in either. Um, so you're talking about consistency of holding onto the ball and consistency of getting yards, um, knowing when to catch the ball, knowing when to fair catch. Um, he's been excellent. And that's why, you know, people are talking about him being replaceable. I saw something in the chat say he's replaceable he in terms of his offense uh, offensive per, uh, per, uh, perspective being a backup slot being a gadget guy that's what i think he is i think he is replaceable on offense in terms of special teams it's not that easy uh, easily replaceable so um and again with that being an a a plus that's why it's not it's not yet as easy we you know we had andre roberts but who before that was that a plus a+ level player i don't think we really had one we had jeremy curley for a while we had guys like Jalen marshall back there i think for a couple of games we mm-hmm. had a uh, who is that guy from the Broncos who thought it was going to be good holiday. I think his name was, yep. um, we've had some really bad returners. So while he's replaceable on offense, he's not replaceable on special teams. So,
0: yeah. And that's something that uh, Boyer has actually like done well. He's been, this is his third regime that he's with. And I feel like our special teams has been pretty good the last two years or so. Um, so yeah, I like what we've gotten out of that. Uh, our buddy Pooch guy drops in with a super chat. Thank you so much, Pooch. Uh, he says, I live in upstate New York. Let us know where, because I'm actually curious. I went to school in Binghamton, New York. Um, and he says, the beat had me in a toxic place these last few years, but you guys have pulled me out of it. Thank you. Boycott the beat, my friends. That's exactly why we started these YouTube channels. It's just one of those things that we feel like we know more. The people that sit here and watch the game every single day, we dissect every single play, uh, and, you know, we try to, try to look – at everything through green colored shades, so at least it's in a positive spin. You don't have to be ripping on us. We know we haven't won a Super Bowl in fifty plus years, um, but yeah, Joe, your thoughts on uh, toxic media?
1: It's bad, man. It's just, it, again, it's just that people need clicks, so you have to be overly negative or overly positive. It's it's hard to be positive when the team is is four and twelve. Um, so they're gonna they're gonna steer to be overly negative. I think when the Jets are competing for the playoffs they'll most likely be overly positive about um, some things. So uh, it just is what it is. But like you said, I, I think, I think the guys like you and, you know, the, the, the stream you do with green bean and Matt, like listen to, to you guys and jet X and all those guys. And and you'll get better information because those guys are, some of them are good. Most of them aren't. Um, and then you have the guys on like SNY who are obviously just ill-informed and looking for a hot take. So uh, there's a reason I don't follow a lot of people on Twitter. There's a reason you don't hear me talk about the beat. There's a reason you don't hear me talk about ESPN or sports center NFL network, because I don't follow any of that shit. I just don't, I'm just, I'm I'm kind of in the darkness with all that stuff because I, I couldn't care any less about anything to say. So that's, that's my opinion. I love it. Joe blew it off
0: the grid. All right, let's jump into our next position group. We're talking about the defense. Now let's talk a little, uh, defensive line. We'll start there. Uh, Carl Lawson, Vinnie Curry, both go down for the year at the beginning of the season. Uh, we bring in Sheldon Rankins. We had Foley, Fatu Quinn and Williams. We had Bryce Huff in his second year. Um, John Franklin Myers winds up getting an extension after the first or second game, third game, third game, I think. Um, so what were your thoughts overall on the Jets defensive line and how would you kind of grade them?
1: Yeah, we're starting off kind of bad here. Um, because, and, and to preface this, we said that, It was grades based on expectations, so Mm -hmm. it's not it's not grades. Just okay, yes, the defensive line is probably better than you know, let's say the corners. But based on expectation, I expected this to be a top ten line, Um, top five with Carl Lawson. But even even with Lawson out, I expected to be top ten. And based on some of the numbers they put up this year, based on the run defense, which I think people you know fail to realize that in a four three. A lot of that emphasis does go on to the linebackers and safeties. So that's why it's a little bit different. But still, they were disappointed in the run game aspect. There's plenty of games where quarterbacks are standing um, with plenty of time. Uh, the, you know, Say what you want about the pressure numbers, the hit numbers, whatever it is. Um, a lot of it does come down to sacks. And I didn't see a lot of quarterbacks getting moved. So whoever produces those those pressure numbers, I don't agree with them. Um, so I would say the, the, the defensive line is like a D uh that that's that's probably the worst group of the year um relative to expectations obviously they're a lot better than that but yeah uh probably probably dq didn't make the leap i thought he was gonna make jfm after getting paid you know had some pressures and things like that but um really didn't sack the quarterback sheldon rankins was was hot and cold uh foley fought while he had some dominant plays, he wasn't the foley fought okasi of, of of years past which is expected you're taking a, a three, four uh, run stuffing zero tech and, and trying to play him as a, as a penetrating two, I three tech. It doesn't really make a lot of sense. That's probably why they're not going to pay him. Um So yeah, it's, 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 it's a D.
0: Yeah. I think that's probably where I would fall as well, based on expectations. Cause we were really expecting this to be a, a fierce uh defensive line. It was going to be the strongest unit on our team. We put pump some resources into it with, with rankings and, and Curry and Lawson and, and Quinn and it just didn't work out that way due to injury. I think this team's really going to get a shot in the arm. I think this is going to be the most improved group going into next year with Lawson and uh, possibly a, uh, a top number four overall edge rusher. We'll see. Uh, I think yeah. there's definitely, it's going to be nice to get that additional edge rusher and kind of slide John, Franklin Myers back inside. I think he'll have a lot more success playing next to Quinnen inside, yeah. as opposed to trying to get that bend uh, on the outside.
1: Yeah. He's, yeah, he's like, he's like 80% of himself outside. Like he's still, he's still a six, like he's still a good D end outside, but he mm-hmm. showed flashes of being great um, inside at, at three tech, kind of using that length um, and athleticism versus guards, but he doesn't have that athleticism, um, that plus athleticism as a D end where he does inside. Um, mm-hmm. And his, um, he, he's, he's not the best athlete in terms of you know him versus tackles, like he doesn't have that bend, like you said, to, to you know, um, bend the arc as they, as they call it. So, uh, he was out of positions, I, I, Foley, I don't see him being back. And then, you know, what happens with Rankins too, because mm-hmm. he's out about six million dollars and he was a little bit disappointing. Um, and this is something that people don't want to talk about, which we will, we will in, in the future. I'm mm-hmm. um, sure, in terms of draft shows. But if you don't have Rankins back, you don't have Foley back. Mm-hmm. Uh, people are going to hate this, but they might invest a top th- top th- three-round, four-round pick in a D-tackle because they really don't have anybody past that in terms of a run-stuffing nose tackle because you know, Nathan Shepard might not be back. Uh, mm-hmm. Jalen Marshall is not a run-stuffer, so who you don't really have that guy. Um, so it's something that they might look to do. So um, it'll be interesting. But like you said, you know Lawson coming back. Huff coming, uh, Huff being hopefully more healthy. He was in and out a lot of the year. Um, and then hopefully drafting a guy, maybe trading for Daniel Hunter. I saw, I saw you know, some mm-hmm. rumors about that today, which obviously it's rumor mill. It's who cares at this point. But mm-hmm. uh, yeah, investing a top flight edge rusher, getting Q back uh, and Lawson, or not, well, not Q back, Q going into his fourth year, having to prove something and getting Lawson back. Uh, hopefully the defensive line takes that leap to be that top five to 10 unit because last year they're definitely uh, way under that. They're definitely disappointing.
0: Yeah, 100%. Uh, We're watching the the game a little bit. It looks like Georgia just had a touchdown pulled off the board. Mm -hmm. Uh, Call was reversed. Alabama's driving in Georgia territory on the 45. Um, Next position group I want to talk about is the linebackers. CJ Mosley, our first uh, free agent signing. Jared Davis. uh, you, You pick up Quincy Williams on waivers. Um, Niceraldine and Sherwood both had a little bit of time at the linebacker position. Sherwood winds up Terran and Achilles. Um, this was a very frustrating group. I was happy to see CJ kind of back after two years, but I kind of am looking forward to next year, like after next year's season, when we can kind of move on from him and sort of really get some speed back there. I think he, uh, is a good leader for the locker room and I'm glad he's going to be back next year, but I think we're going to need to infuse this unit in particular uh, with some talent, whether that be through free agency or the draft, I would say we probably want to look at Atlanta and see what linebackers might be hitting free agency with the Ulbricht connection. Maybe there's uh, some guys that he'd want to bring in from over there. Yeah. I think uh, um,
1: they're, they're starting my mecca to name is like a Luacon or whatever it is, is a free yeah, agent. Yeah. Who's a really speedy guy.
0: Yep. Yeah, I, I would think he will probably be pretty high up on our on our list, considering Ulbrich was the linebackers coach down in Atlanta. Um, so for me, I think if I'm grading this unit, I'm gonna say I don't want to say F, but I'm gonna say D minus. <laughs> this was maybe okay. You know what? If it's relative to expectation,
1: yeah, that's that's yeah.
0: That I think that's the key because like mm-hmm. I wasn't expecting linebacker to be good anyway. Mm-hmm. So maybe I say C plus based on that. Like I, it doesn't. I don't know. It, it, this what this looked like a group that was going to be in a world of hurt with CJ missing those two years. He didn't know how he was going to respond. Was hoping Jared Davis was show us something. He gave us nothing. Quincy Williams is is fun and he's a heat-seeking missile, but he's he's not quite the starting linebacker you want him to be. Uh, so where do you fall in the linebacker group?
1: Yeah, I, I think I just get like a flat C. Um, and if you go through like individually, like. And that's because CJ Mosley I, I would say he probably met my expectations um yeah. I I don't think he was as good as he was with the Ravens um as those days but I think he was slightly a a step down mm-hmm. um but he's still good like he's still a good player but it, it's hard it's hard to um be CJ Mosley and there were specifically some plays I, I highlighted a couple of weeks ago where like he's on the ba- he's on the front side of a duo play. Um, which is really conducive to getting you know, offensive linemen on the second level after the double-team blocks. And he's playing both sides of a double-team block because I don't think he trusts the guys um, on the backside so he can shoot the front side. So like, I see some hesitancy in him, and I think that's because he knows what he's working with. Um, but based on expectations, I think he met my expectations where some people were kind of down on him. But he's always been more of a, a guy – um, who's been a plus player because of his mental, not his athleticism. And he has decent athleticism, but it's it's because of mental. I don't think he really lost that. So, I think CJ Mosley met expectations. Uh, Jared Davis was an absolute dud of a signing. That guy made no impact at all, unless he was getting, um, you know, beat. That's the only time we really saw him. Uh, Nas Lodin, uh, I think, has a, a decently high ceiling. I like. I'm okay with that pick, but he didn't do anything this year. Sherwood went out what week early. Four. Yeah, week four ish, and I and I hated that pick. So he did nothing. So you have two rookies who did absolutely nothing. You have Jared Davis who did nothing. Um, who got signed for what seven ish million dollars? You have Mosley who met expectations, and I'll say Quincy Williams. While I don't think he, while I don't think he's a starter, I think for a waiver wire pickup who got cut by the Jags, he exceeded expectations. But people kind of they automatically think like a player who exceeds expectations or like I say Brandon Eckles is a good six round pick means he's a starter. Mm-hmm. I don't think that that those are one and the same. I think that. He's a solid backup player. I don't think you can rely on him um, consistently. You saw the the one long run um, that the or the first long run that the Bills had, uh, Quincy completely over pursued on the backside. So he's way too high and low. Um, but he's still over. He he still you know um, exceeded his expectations. So yeah, like flat C, C minus. Um, but that's definitely a group that I think people are overlooking. Um, or at least some are overlooking in terms of like listing the Jets needs and they completely skip over linebacker. Like they we have one starting linebacker. We we need probably two more. Um, you know mm-hmm. maybe maybe one, but that depends. Obviously, you'd prefer you prefer two. So yeah, flat C C minus.
0: What do you think the chances are? Uh we got Nakoby Dean playing tonight in Georgia. Guy is awesome. <laughs> he is a he is a wild linebacker. Um I would have no problem with the Jets looking to pick him up, whether it be with the tenth pick, or maybe uh, if they were to trade back up in some capacity, or trade down from four, wind up in the mid teens somewhere along there. I don't know where he ends up going, um, but mm-hmm. based on power rankings, it looks like he's somewhere around that ten to fifteen ish range. Uh, any thoughts on drafting a linebacker high?
1: I, I, it's it's possible. Like people, I think they get too kind of like. I don't really have a good term for it. Maybe it's the high noon stalking, but like balls deep in like positional value. But if there's a really good linebacker there and he's, he's, and he's, he's an A plus on your board. And then the next important position is a corner who's a B plus. Are you going to take the A plus linebacker or the B plus corner? Like it's, it's, it's an interesting discussion. So, um, based on where I've been seeing him kind of falling to, it seems like, middle teens type deal. So Mm -hmm. um, if Joe Douglas was to trade down, let's say from 10 to 16, he's there. That's fine. If he, if he takes him at 10, I trust him. Um, But linebackers a massive need. This, this, you know, they don't have another starting linebacker. So if you can get a a very good prospect at any position that we need right now, I'm okay with it. Like if you're going to take him over, you know, a safety or a corner, like, yeah, I prefer, you know, a corner or an edge rusher over a linebacker, but if he's the best position on the board the position need, I'm okay with taking it. Um, so I would, I, I could see that the 10th pick, I could see it if they trade down from four to the mid teens um, or 10 to the, to the mid teens, maybe the late teens, the, the early twenties, you know, people like to act like they know exactly where a guy's going to fall, but they never do. Nobody ever does. So, mm-hmm. um, but with that being said, yeah, I, I could see, I could see it happening. It's one of the top, Couple of needs on this team, you know, linebacker, safety, corner, edge rusher um, on defense are, are pretty big needs. So it can happen.
0: Yeah, hundred uh, percent. I don't know if you guys saw this. Watu K99 did just mention it in the chat. Geno Smith was banged for a Dewey uh, over in Seattle. Sorry. <laughs> Thank you for the first round pick. <laughs> Not from Geno, but you know. Yeah. Yeah, uh,
1: yeah. Okay.
0: Next defensive group we're going to be talking do we want to split up cornerbacks and safeties or do we want to just include defensive backs as a whole unit um i think we should split them up okay all right so let's talk cornerbacks first uh so going into the year we or i guess after the draft we had bless austin on our roster uh bryce hall coming back for year two you have Uh, Eccles, who was drafted in rounds five or six. And then, uh, Michael Carter was a late round draft pick as well. We did not bring back Brian Poole, uh, who was a, a top slot corner for us in the past, uh, for the last year or two, whatever his contract was. Um, who else am I missing from our cornerback room? Am I missing anyone? You said Hall. I said Eccles. I said Eccles. You said said Michael Carter. Carter. Done done. Uh, I didn't say done. I would say based on the hype of done, I was disappointed not to like, like, cause it seemed like, I don't know if it was rookie training camp or just training camp in general, but it was like, it seemed like, Oh, Dunn's getting some starting snaps. And then like you saw him in the precinct, and you're like, why? <laughs> like, it just, it didn't work. I don't know. What were your thoughts on the, uh, the DB room? Yeah. Again, this is
1: based on expectations. You know, like my expectations, you look at this cornerback room and it was
0: mm-hmm.
1: Bryce Hall, who, while he had an impressive rookie year, he still was relatively unproven. Like not, he was not like necessarily unproven, like a UDFA type unproven. It was unproven to me where he had to prove himself that he could be a starter going forward. Mm-hmm. Um, and he and he proved that he could be a starter going forward. I think more of a number two starter than a number one. He's been getting beat up a little bit the last couple of weeks. Um, but with that said, you had Bryce Hall, who I thought could be a number two. And let's be honest, a bunch of nobodies. Like, like in the beginning of the year, you had, you had a bunch of fifth and sixth round picks, UDFA's, and we're like, "Holy shit, we are going to get demolished." Um, and while we still get, did get demolished in the secondary, um, it was it wasn't terrible. Like it wasn't as bad as I thought it would be. So um, you have Hall, who probably met my expectations. You have you have Eccles, who exceeded my expectations. You're never going to expect. And, and I'm not even saying that Eccles is a starter. There's some people out out in Jets Twitter who think Eccles is a starter you are mistaken. He's not, he's not a starting level player. He's a developmental fourth or fifth guy. Um, he gets beat more than people realize he got beat on the third and 20 against the bucks. Um, he's, he's a good development. a, got, a develop, developmental guy. But like I said, on my stream, if you get a solid number four or five develop developmental guy, the sixth round in the draft, that's a mm-hmm. slam dunk pick. That's a slam dunk pick. If you get a role play in the sixth round, take it every time. So he, he exceeded expectations. Michael Carter, the second looks like a le- legitimate starting slot corner. Exceeded expectations. Um, Done again. Expectations preseason high He's UDFA, you know. So yeah, he made he came in, he made a few plays. He got beat for a few, a few plays. When he had to start, so he was you know level or whatever. Um, so that if, they definitely exceeded the expectations overall. I would even say Geidry, you know, for UDFA, you know, two years ago, uh, he came in and he was relatively effective. So I would say uh, B plus. You know, may, maybe you can you could fudge it to an A minus. But again, that's not overall ranking of the group. It is. Based on expectations, I want because there will be that one person who comments. How can you give the corners a B plus? We need so much. Based on expectations, my expectations were down here. They were up here. That's 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 a B
0: plus to me. Yeah, I think that's fair. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna be bold. I'm gonna say A minus because I want to have at least an A here. <laughs> and I, maybe maybe we'll have another A on the other side of the ball. But we have. I you worded it perfectly. Hall was someone that I just wanted to see more of, and I think he met or exceeded expectations this year. I think Eccles, you weren't expecting a whole lot from from a late round pick, exceeded expectations. Michael Carter, legit starting slot corner, loved it. Yeah. Um, and you know we move on from uh, Bless Austin, which I think was was much needed. The the love affair with Jet fans and Bless Austin was just palpable. <laughs> throughout the last two years. I was trying to tell people
1: about bless Austin for years. I, I oh, sure, yeah. like I consistently the guy, he was, he's, he's, the, he's, one of the worst corners I've ever seen in my entire life. And then people would go out. And again, the problem with broadcast views and just watching the game is you watch and he stands out for maybe four or five plays of the game he makes a mm-hmm. hard hit. But then what happens the other 35, 40 plays when he's getting toasted and maybe he's not getting targeted. He was terrible. He is terrible. The Seahawks. He will always be bad. He's injured. He seems like a cocky asshole. I'm sorry, it just is what it is. I hate Bus Austin. He's been one, fa- one of the least favorite players of all time, and he sucks. He sucks. And I told everybody. I tried to tell everybody forever. Nobody listened. Now he's traded. Goodbye. Oh, Peace. Get out of I here. Hate, I hate, hate Bus ha- Austin.
0: No- nothing made me happier than watching Seattle just knock down just a few pegs down to down to the top oh, ten pick. God. Thank you.
1: And then watching um, our games and seeing him get toasted was was great. Which, by the way, we have a comment. I just want to comment on this one real quick. Yeah. Mike says. I like Joe, seems like he knows his stuff, but the grade should be on what he saw, not his expectations. Mike,
0: this is Ryan's show, and I clarified with him, he wanted expectations. He, so yell at Ryan. Me. Yell he, at Ryan. He he did ask me. And I, I think with a rebuilding team, I think it's fair to grade them based on expectation as opposed to grading against the rest of the league. Cause look, 32nd ranked defense. Everyone D, gets a fucking F. D, like, I'm C- sorry. D, D, D. Yeah. I'm like, get the, get the fuck out of here. <laughs> like, yeah, no, exactly. like, it'd be a horrible show. We're just going to F, F, F the whole time. No, based on expectations, the way to go. But It's all right. It's all right. Um, all right. Let's move to the last position group on the defense. And that's going to be the safety group. We wind up trading away Jamal Adams. Two years ago, Marcus may gets the franchise tag. We draft Ashton Davis last year. 2020 um, you bring in LaMarcus Joyner from the Raiders. You have a, like basically a bunch of, I don't want to say nobodies, but like Pinnock played a little bit at safety and like we had red wine for a little bit. I don't even know who's playing safety at times for the New York jets. I would say this group across the board based on expectations gets an F because of, like I thought May was going to play well. We lost him week seven, maybe six or seven. It was the third, it was the the Colts game was when we lost him to the Achilles. And then Joyner, I was so high on Joiner. I really thought we were going to get like a good safety tandem and to kind of see it just sort of fall apart like pretty early in the season was a little frustrating. So maybe you you say like a D minus, but I'm, I'm giving the safety position an F. What about you?
1: Yeah, and and. It's like an interesting conversation because based on expectations, at what point, like when Joyner went out and May went out, you know, like it's, and it's if you watch the streams um, for whoever doesn't here, I know some people do. Uh, Kyle Smith, like m- my main co host, always says, like, people, if they just agreed on the terms of their argument, we wouldn't really argue a lot because people argue without really knowing what they're arguing about. Mm-hmm. Um, and safeties, it's like, if your expectations were that Joyner and May would play the whole year, then easily enough but they were starting guys like Redwine and Pinnock and a guy who was on the Eagles practice squad uh, in Riley and uh, um, uh, who was a guy from the Jaguars. Uh, I forget his name, Wilson. I think his last name Mm -hmm. is Wilson. They were literally playing street free agents three days later on the starting team. So, like, yeah, it's an F, but expectations – yeah, where'd you grade it? <laughs> like, yeah, like minus. Like, like they they were. It was the worst group in the NFL by far. Like the safeties are terrible. Um, look at the offense too. There's some other groups that might join them in, in just being the worst. But like that's this is why people and and Ashton Davis you can bump that into there. Like he made no leaps forward in my opinion. So yeah, like like D because they brought in f- straight free agents. Um, but uh, they they needed a major infusion of talent because they don't have a starting safety. On the team right now, they don't have May. They don't have Joiner. They're both free agents. So people are like, "Oh, just draft the safety in the third round." What, what, what are you talking about? Like, and, and people are like, "Oh, well, safety is under is not valued in in the Jet system." I want somebody to explain to me. Unless the team runs Cover Zero, and again, film show the difference. Like the difference in the safety in, in a one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, seven or or, or or six, seven. They're all different defenses. There there are sevens and fives. Uh, people don't really whatever. Um, with that being said. Safety is important in every single defense, so I don't get why people are saying that safety doesn't matter. Safety matters a lot. Um, Now, if it's a safety who's going to cover three and is only going to play the curl, to flat, okay, I get that, but you still need that guy. Um, So they need a massive infusion of talent here, and yeah, I I, I guess a D because I had no expectations when I'm seeing Sheldon Redwine, Riley, Ashton Davis, and whoever else. Like I, I don't I don't know. It was, it was bad.
0: It's going to be interesting to see what happens with the Jets top picks because you're looking at possibly taking Kyle Hamilton. If he is that generational safety, the uh, unicorn caliber prospect that we're hearing about, Um, this guy can play all three levels of the defense, which is really impressive. But you're also spending a top five pick on this player. So it's like you know, it's tough. Maybe if he falls to 10, do you consider pulling the trigger there? I have a hard time based on all our needs, pulling the trigger on a safety that high. I think there's some really, really valuable positions, specifically edge rusher at four and probably receiver at 10, depending on how free agency shakes out. Um, I've kind of changed my tune a bit. I did not really want to go receiver in the top 10, but based on the last few games, I think it's probably something that I'd I'd look to target what how do you feel about possibly taking kyle hamilton early in the
1: so like just doing my like content for a couple of years now and like you doing com- uh, content for a couple of years now i kind of like not like it just it just happens where i recognize the the debate points really early in the off season, mm-hmm. and i'm already tired of this debate like it's gonna happen <laughs> until april and i'm already i'm already tired of it because this is this
0: is gonna be the main sticking point between people um mm-hmm. this was kyle the quarterback hamilton. debate from last year i feel like i feel like safety in the top five is like the or even top 10 we'll call top 10 is like way more abrasive for people than like i think anything else
1: yeah yeah and by the way a lot of those sam donald people who we were fighting with on live streams are just gone there's there's absolutely i don't know where they went they must have not just there's not on the streams anymore there's a lot of them just quiet i I don't know what happened with that sam donald people out there um that's a story for a different day um yeah like my feeling is if he's truly generational i i i get it um but i have to watch for myself to see if he's truly uh, generational but if he is that safety is important and if he's an A-plus on your board and, you know, whoever else it is, Carl Loth, this is a B-plus. Are you going to skip on the A-plus for a B-plus player because you don't want a safety, Is safety not important enough? And the way I kind of labeled it, again, take out your personal bias, thinking – and I'll ask you this question. I think I already asked you this last week, but I don't know if we ever, like, really discussed, discussed it. But, mm-hmm. okay, say if you had a guaranteed Jamal Adams, the way he played the first three years – Sure. Who can cover a little bit better? Cover better in, in general. He was like he was not good in coverage, but he was he was okay. Um, but a little bit better uh, coverage Jamal Adams. I can guarantee you that without all the fucking him being a psychopath and all this other stuff, was he worth a four a fourth overall pick? Like like Jamal, I guarantee you right now, that's what I'm saying. Kyle Hamilton is. Is that worth a fourth pick? Because the Seahawks, they traded two trade. first, a a third, all this stuff. You, you don't
0: think that Jamal Adams is worth a, a fourth overall pick his rookie year? I mean, I'll be honest. No, I mean, and it's mainly the the issue I have with Jamal isn't so much Jamal himself because I do think the talent is there, and I understand people like wanting him. Like, look, the guy's great around the line of scrimmage, and he was heralded as this great leader. and And I feel like we got the great leader to start, but when things kind of like did not oh, go his way, yeah. But I'm was, I'm right? saying
1: I'm I'm saying minus the the psychopath, I'm I'm Pretty saying sure good. good. I'm saying I'm saying a good locker room guy, which Kyle Hamilton is, and mm-hmm. I'm saying a guy who can cover better than Jamal Adams because because the way if you're talking about generational, Jamal Adams is not generational coming out. So no. if you're talking generational, you're, you're talking you're talking a Jamal Adams who can cover without being a psychopath. Um, if I can guarantee that with the fourth pick, I'll take that. I'll, I'll, I'm okay with that. Um, and I'll, I know there'll be a lot of arguments. Oh, Jamal couldn't cover. That's what I'm saying. Yes, he. But a Jamal who this could cover? cover. Yeah. Yes, who ca- who could cover? Um, versus a guy who, whether it be an Evan Neal or however you feel about, you know, whatever the prospect you have up there, Carl Loftus. Um, if they feel like that's a slam dunk, a Jamal Adams who can cover, um, I think that's 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 valuable. He made a massive impact on the defense. And imagine if he actually could play a deep third or a deep fourth mm-hmm. or cover a tight end. Um, so I, I would do it but i'm not i'm not on the train where like that's exactly what i want it for like i rather have uh you know um Car- uh, not a carl office a uh, hutchinson or mm-hmm. a is not gonna not gonna be there or you can even maybe convince me of evan neal if you're gonna play him at right guard then maybe move him to right to right tackle or left tackle depending on what happens with fant and beckton um so i'm not it's not like i'm i'm like kyle hamilton's n- number one fan on a bandwagon but i could get it if he's truly generational
0: yeah i think that's sort of where i fall as well i, I- so the reason I, d- I would say no to the Jamal Adams thing is because we passed on Watson and Mahomes and it forced us to give up three second round picks the year after with Sam. That's that's more so why I don't like Jamal and the, the antics and everything. So if you're telling me I could get the caliber of player of Jamal with the better coverage skills with Hamilton, I would say at four right now for me, I'm probably thinking edge rusher that or trade down. Those are like probably the two one A one B because you're just in front of the Giants. Could you get the Washington football team to jump from 11 to four to beat the Giants? Or yeah, but what the if they do? But what if they don't? The Falcons jumping in front of the Panthers. Like, they're, but they're, what if they don't? They may not. <laughs> if they don't, and you okay. don't want to take Carl Loftus, I'm okay with Kyle Hampton. There, there, there's plenty of situations where I would be okay with it. That's I would, where that's
1: what I, that's where I kind of am. I don't prefer it, but I'm okay with it yes. because if you're talking about a guy who is generational, people say the best since Ed Reed. Ed yep. Reed was like a mid-teens draft pick. Yeah, if he's as good as Ed Reed, I would take him number one. Like yes. that. Like Ed Reed is is probably the best safety of all time. Easy. Um, and 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 that's why I kind of go to the Jamal Adams with coverage ability because we talk about Jamal Adams. His first three years, he was considered a, a top 10 or top 10 five safety in the league. Like he was that good. And Jets fans, minus their bias, because now we hate him but people were debating that he's the best safety in the league. People were talking about, Oh, him, Derwin, James, Minka, whoever else. So if you're talking about a guy who's a top five safety in NFL, and, and that's what he's going to be after a year or two, and you're not going to take him at four, I think that's kind of foolish. Um, because if you're taking the best player or a top five player at any position, I don't care if it's guard linebacker center, obviously corner. Um, I think it's worth that pick people. I think people overvalue, uh, you know, uh, positional value uh, in, in the draft because like, Kyle Pitts. You can't take a tight end in the top five. If Kyle Pitts was in this draft, you're taking at four right now. With the need that we have a tight end, fucking Easy. run for the podium for Kyle Pitts right now. So the safety not make an impact. The safety who could who could play in every coverage, who could play in the box, who could, who could blitz. Like he's not just a safety who's going to be playing. You know, um, you know, a, a curl to flat in a, in a cover three. It's not all that safety does. And I and I see that. And I looked into his injuries a little bit. So apparently, I, I want to do my own research. But apparently. He didn't have a mass. I think it's a leg injury, a massive leg injury. Yeah. It was more. It was more of him and his family pulling him out. Like he could have played, yep. but it was more of his family pulling him out. like saying, "Hey, we're not going to risk NFL futures here um, for for meaningless games." Um, mm. So they pulled him out. So it's not. Like it's not like a major injury. He's not Derek Stingley with injuries. Yeah. Um. So yeah, it's an interesting debate. Like I'm not. I'm not saying I. I want that's not, that's not my ideal scenario, but generational any position, uh, the fourth pick, you can convince me with anything but kicker, punter, and. That's pretty much it. I'll take anything generational. Long it's, snapper.
0: Generational. Come on. Generational long snapper.
1: Yeah, sure. Yeah, Thomas Hennessy. Hey. We we
0: don't, he's generational already. Uh, okay, that I think that's fair. Uh let's switch gears. Let's go over to the offensive side of the ball. Let's talk a little bit about the offensive line. Coming into the year, this was a position group that I think a lot of us wanted to see improved. We've invested a lot of assets into it over the course of the last three, four years. I shouldn't say three, four. Two years, basically since Joe Douglas has gotten here. We took ABT. We traded up and got him in the first round. Yeah, have Becton coming back for year two. Unfortunately, we lose him week one, getting rolled up on by GV. Ooh, sorry, GVR. <laughs> beer burps. Beer, beer burps. Oh, <laughs> sorry. Um, and then you have uh, guys like uh, Dr. Guard <laughs> that we bring in from, uh, from yeah. Kansas City and LDT. Did you
1: see his comments today? They were kind of like insinuating that he's not sure he's going to come back.
0: Yeah, it seems like he wants to pursue his medical career a little bit more, which I I can't blame the guy. You got a doctorate, like whatever. He has so
1: many years to do that, though. Like, damn it! I know, I know. Like, you
0: can you can retire at like thirty-two or whatever it is. I don't know how old he is. He's probably 27, 28, somewhere. Up yeah, I think he's a little
1: there. bit old. Yeah, a little bit older because of Maybe the 29. whole medical thing. Yeah,
0: yeah. So I I don't know. It'll be interesting to see what winds up happening with him. I he's someone I would have liked to have brought back, um, even if it was more of a depth thing but at least you, you you know it's not necessarily a yeah. major weakness like it was with van roten mm-hmm. um you, you pick up moses who's who's now on an expiring contract uh fans got another year he moves from right to left he played phenomenal for for the most part um and then you got Connor mcgovern who was coming off a few down years winds up having maybe a rough beginning of the season and really picked it back up and is back to what i would have considered probably within a. Uh, reasonable deviation of top 10 uh, center in the league. So I would say for me, grade wise, I would give this unit a B plus. Um, Maybe, maybe you have to grade it based on uh, parts of the season, right? Like the beginning part of the season, I would say was closer to a D or an F the way Wilson was running around as they sort of gelled together. I think you're probably looking closer to an A up until this past week. Uh, and then you wind up getting a uh, you know nine sacks or whatever it was, but you're missing your center. You're missing you got your friggin third string left tackle out there. Moses eventually goes out. Um, so yesterday, you know, kind of if you wipe that off the board, I think this position group got significantly better from week one to week seventeen.
1: Yeah, we almost have to go like week by week for grades because there were so yeah. many there were so many different combinations of this line. But I think and minus this week, like overall, when they're healthy with Moses, with Fant, with McGovern, with ABT, and with LDT, they were an average group, which, and, and again, people see one or two pressures a game. They automatically assume they're bad. And I, I had people who were comparing them to the Darnold lines. You don't understand how bad those Darnold line, lines Agreed. were. He, they finished like 32 and 30. And I don't give a shit about numbers gener- generically, but that's, that's what they were for the people who, who like PFF. This year, the Jets, like the last couple of weeks, were like 18, 19, 20. And now you have Beckton coming back, and you're assuming that's that's an upgrade over, you know, you know, Beckton and Fan is an upgrade over Moses and 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 fan. Um, I don't think Moses is gonna be back. LDT, I was I'm kind of I was kind of similar with you. I I was either like, okay, he's either a depth player. Mm -hmm. If you bring in a big fish, like let's say let's say it's a a first a first round guy or Mm -hmm. a sheriff or whoever you like in free agency, Connor Williams, whatever it is, or you bring him back, and then you have a second or third round guy. He competes. Maybe he gets the job taken at, uh, after you know uh, two, three, four, five, six weeks, whenever the rookie starts to step up. So, um, but now with with him most likely being gone, that's a position we have to invest in. And people are like, "Oh, we don't need for O line first round." You got to understand where Joe Douglas like built his roots at. He's not a guy who's going to be like, "Okay, I'm okay with a with a below average guard." Like he's going to want plus starters at every position. Um, Fant was a, a above average left tackle, if if not top 10. Like, he was really, really good all year. Uh, he, he allowed one sack, I believe. Um, and he was really, really solid. ABT had a stellar rookie year, he had a couple of hiccups, but overall, pretty stellar. Uh, Connor McGovern was a top half of the league center, which after his year one, again, people tend to their their first year, they let that opinion. Um, really kind of formulate their opinions over the next couple of years. You can't really do much to, to, to kind of cancel that out. But overall, he was a top half of the league center. Moses was okay at right tackle. And then, and then GVR was god-awful at right guard. Um, the LDT came in, and the run game significantly improved. So um, I would say they exceeded my expectations, especially considering you're saying that, that those expectations have to factor in that Beckton went down that McGovern went down for a couple of games and Feeney stepped in and you know, all these injuries, ABT was out for a couple of games, you know, LDT was out for a game or two. Um, so B, B plus. Um, and I think it's going to be a position that that's addressed in the off season too. And I think they're going to, Joe Douglas is not going to stop until they have a top five, 10 unit, which I think if they invest, invest a big kind of fish at right guard, they could be that unit this year. So.
0: Yeah, and if you watched uh, the press conference with Joe Douglas and Robert Sala earlier today, they talked about building from the trenches, and I think that is tipping the hand. You you want to get edge rushers. You want to get more stout on the offensive line. It would not shock me, like you said earlier, Evan Neal at four or, or maybe Icky, yeah. The, the guard tackle from uh, NC state Guy guys on green tile on at 10, like, cross, for a bit, like, like, like there's, there's a few guys that have versatility that are good in the wide zone blocking scheme that provide some versatility, like an AVT who can kick out to left tackle if he had to, because he played it at USC. Like those types of players are incredibly valuable and are worth the contracts that you're going to inevitably have to give them if they are an all-star kind of player uh, and building that unit, up front, one, it's cheaper than like wide receivers and corners and edges and all that sort of stuff. I mean, you still need those, but it's cheaper mm-hmm. to build a good offensive line and have meh pieces at like running back and wide receiver because your quarterback's gonna have a little bit more time to make those make those throws and make it a little bit easier. Um so yeah, I guess be- let, let's
1: Oh sorry, yeah, people are talking about the, the 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 offensive line versus the Bills. The the offensive line was garbage versus the Bills, but yeah, um that's 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 a different story, you know. Feeney, Feeney being in there, it's he's, he's a he's a backup level player at best. And Connor McDermott's one of the worst tackles I've ever seen in my entire life. Um I don't know why th- th- he he must have like he must have dirt like dirt on Joe Douglas. Like he has he has something. I, I don't get why why he's on the team. I um, think he
0: was meant to be like the emergency like he's on special teams and maybe like an emergency tight end at some points.
1: Yeah. <laughs> and they're like, "Oh
0: yeah, no. Like uh you're going to learn to play tackle now."
1: That's definitely one uh, like underrated like secondary need for the Jets is especially considering I don't think Moses is going to be back, Fant and Beckton stepping in as a tackles next year, you need a backup tackle because I don't mm-hmm. trust any of the guys I have right now. I think Odogo is okay like as a fourth guy, but Beckton injury history you need it. you need a guy um as a backup, but um, yeah, think like Evan Neal, um, or one of these guys. Like, I have no problem if the Jets use their fourth pick on Evan Neal. I don't like that's fine with me. Having a top mm-hmm. five offensive line is is or, or t- even top ten, like a guaranteed top ten offensive line. You bring in Neal, I would, I, I would, say, I'm not going to guarantee it, but you, you'd be pretty disappointed if they have multiple first round picks. You know, mm-hmm. uh right guard, left guard, left tackle, an above average center, and mm-hmm. Fant who gave up one sack this year. Uh, if you if you can't say that, should be a top ten line. We're we'll, we're being a little bit crazy, so. Um, drafting another offensive line people are like oh he's not going to do that Douglas you know grinded his stones kind of on that Um, so I I would be completely fine with that and and somebody asked me a question about Neil uh, uh, what what do you think that would happen or what, what would happen with Neil? Um, oh, Socrates. Uh, if they take Neil, how mm-hmm. do you see the line the line configuration looking Neil the right guard? Yeah, that's, that's what I would think, Socrates. Like mm-hmm. you, you draft Neil, people say he could play guard. The only thing I don't know, what, what I want to watch with Neil because a lot of people have him in the top five, but there are some other sites who have him like in the 10-15 range, which again, I'm yep. going to watch for myself. Um, mm-hmm. Some people say, and again, uh, I got to watch myself. I don't trust a lot of people. Um, they say he's a little bit slow laterally, like a little bit heavy on his feet, leans a little heavy on his hands. So I, I want to watch that. But I think generically, right now, Neil would be your right guard, and then he's a guy who could play left tackle, right tackle, and then you see how he works out at guard. And listen, people underrate guard. If if he's an if he's an all pro guard, who gives a shit Keep him that guard? Um, But with that being said, most likely what happens, he starts off starts off at right guard, and then you see what happens with Beckton or Fan, you kick him out to tackle. Um, so that's, that's, I think probably happens. And if that happens and they take them at four, I would be ecstatic with having other offensive lineman. So.
0: Yeah, hundred percent. If they decided to go like, Hey, we're not going edge early. We're going to Carl Lawson's our guy. We're going to pick up someone in free agency. We got $70 million to spend and we're going Evan Neal. We're going Jameson Williams. We're going Trey McBride, the tight end in the second round. And we're just, you know, just loading up on offense. And then you start working, you know, the defense, whether it be in free agency and, and some of those, you know, third and later picks, I could, I could get down with that. Like maybe it's maybe it's Evan Neal, it's Jameson Williams. You're getting Trey McBride, the tight end, and you're getting like Patterson, the center from from Notre Dame. And now all of a sudden, you're like locked and loaded. On the and the defense needs the a
1: major infusion in 2023 cuz the defense is still going to really suck. that's oh, only it's going to be real bad.
0: That that's the yeah. issue, right? You got to you got to tread that line of like, okay, we need to help our young quarterback cuz we haven't done it for so long, but we also need to make sure we put some resources on the defensive side of this team because you can't have all your assets on offense just like you can't have all your assets on defense the same way we've we've seen in the past from the yeah. Jets.
1: And I think the thing with the dra- the draft here, which by the way, I, I guess we're gonna push past nine, which is okay with me. I don't know if it's okay with you. Okay. I um, <laughs> started eight. We were, we only did one position on the offense. <laughs> um. So the um yeah with the offensive line, and it it, it depends. Obviously, like it, okay, if 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 people, I, I think the thing with like a Carl this, too is, and I gotta watch myself. I always preface by saying that I think people are kind of bummed out that we missed out or potentially missed out on on Hutchinson and Thibodeau. So now they're kind of like. like like hyping up the car lot to see that next guy. to like, not disappoint mm-hmm. themselves. So I'll have to see with him. Um But if it is Hutchinson, and he's there like, yeah, take him over and over Neil um, because you could find, I think good offensive linemen lower than like the top three where, where mm-hmm. the beginning of the draft is quarterbacks and DMs. If they're good, like that's what goes immediately because they're, they're really, really hard to find and corners are in there too. Um, but with that said, yeah, if if, if they want to take Neil um, I'm completely okay with that, but the thing in with the draft is and we're talking about these needs and we go on to mock drafts like I already do like five mock drafts a day it's it's a problem <laughs> um but but with that being said um we're not looking at free agency so if, if they bring in if if they bring in you know whoever the all the receivers we wanted seem, seemingly have injuries and, and I know people are saying Brandon Sheriff I'm just I'm just saying that like as a, as a generic name I know the injury history but like, let's say we bring in like a Brandon Sheriff and a mm-hmm. JC Jackson that mm-hmm. completely changes. Okay now we're not going to talk about you know Trent McDuffie in the in or McDuffie in, in the second round. We're not gonna talk about Neil in the first round. So um fredency having $60, 70 million dollars, we have we're gonna fill so many of these needs. We're really going to be in be able to kind of narrow our, our focus on the draft because we have massive needs at linebacker, safety, corner, d end, guard, tight end. But again, we bring in Dalton, Dalton Schultz. Uh, you know, Sheriff and, and and JC Jackson. It's like, okay, we need a receiver. That's pretty much it on offense. And then we can mm-hmm. go defense, you know? So um, there's so many things that are spinning our head, but it's all going to be figured out. Uh, what, when it's free agency start? Like March 13th, 14th, 15th, something like that? I forget. Yeah, it's like, first. it's
0: right around St. Patty's Day usually, like right around that 14th, 15th yeah. or so. Um, all right. So let's move to the next position group. Let's talk about the tight ends. This was a position group that we kind of were hoping to, to see some progress from. I think for me, It was a group that I wanted them to to invest a little bit in tight end. It didn't happen. And I think the way Douglas and Salah kind of thought about it was Chris Herndon coming back, you know, give him a little bit more of an offensive line, a different quarterback. Maybe he shines in this new offense before they start investing major money or major draft capital in a tight end. And I can understand that thought process. It's frustrating as hell because the tight end is such a major help for a young quarterback. But I can understand the thought process before you invest a lot into it. So they bring in Croft, they have uh Griffin, Herndon, they wind up trading for a fourth round pick. To the Vikings, he wind up not doing anything at all. It was an absolutely great trade. Um, and then you have, I guess, Wesco and who am I missing? I'm missing someone in there.
1: Um Yeah, you have Yaboa, Wesco, Yeboah, there it is. Daniel Brown,
0: yeah, Daniel uh, Brown Griffin. Daniel Brown, totally. we wind up trading for LDT. Great trade. We wind up getting him back. Helped us out on special teams. Uh, and you had a good block on the, Barrios, on the Barrios return. That's about it, though. Yeah, yeah. Hey, you know, it, every player counts. Uh, so tight end-wise, relative to position or relative to, like, expectation, I'm probably giving him a C. Um, C-plus, maybe. Like, I, I don't know. It was a bad position group, but I wasn't really expecting a whole lot from him to begin with. And when they traded Herndon, then I was kind of like, okay, we're going to be weak at this position. So it's sort of a weird grade for me. What about yeah, you? This
1: is, this is the one area where I was just about to criticize you for, for timing your, of your, of your beer burps. And then I just started <laughs> talking and I had, and I had one. <laughs> so I was like, I, I, I had, I had, I couldn't do it. I had, to, I had to be honest there. Um, So yeah, it's almost like with like safeties, like I, I had no expectations. So like a, a, a D I, I, I like, Croft went out. I, I think Croft is is an okay backup. Like I, I think Croft is Agreed. is a guy who is a little bit underrated in the passing game. Like he, he he's a little bit faster than people realize. He can catch the ball. Um, minus this week, everybody it seemed like everybody dropped the ball. But I I think not the like a plus number two in the league, but like okay, like a like a C yeah. tight end two. You know, a, a great tight end three in my opinion. Um, but past that, like they had nothing. Like like yeah. Ryan Griffin didn't expect him to be on on the roster. Um, Wesco is a, is a pseudo fullback. Um, past that, like uh, Daniel Brown is a is a is not even a jag. A jag is just a player. Like he's not even a jag. Um, Yaboa is a UDFA. He caught two balls last week. The one was a sliding catch, nice. The one ball he got lucky to catch with his forearm. Uh, overall, like he's super raw coming out of Ole Miss. Um, didn't have any expectations for him. So like, yeah, I guess if you had absolutely no expectations like a C, but just because they were so bad overall, and I would say probably if you had to stack up the tight end group versus every other position uh, tight end position group in the league going through all the teams, it's probably number 32 pretty easily. They don't have anything at tight end right now, which again, I don't know if they, I made my point again, the ends are talking. Um, Joe Douglas, knowing that this system is so 12 heavy heavy personnel – the fact that they didn't really invest in tight end and you and your number one investment was Tyler Croft, who was often injured, is a massive mistake to me. Like I, Jordan, they, people get on Joe Douglas for Denzel Mims, we all love them. We all love the back pick. Like there are some things, like I, I get it, it didn't work out, but I see the thought process. I do not understand the thought process, uh, the, the thought process of not bringing in tight end at all. So. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't have any, expect, any expectations, but just based on like principle, I'm giving I'm giving me a D. I I I just can't go any higher.
0: Now let's go to receiver because I think this was a position group that all of us across the board thought was going to be one of our strongest positions. Like if you were saying strongest position on defense was going to be the defensive line, the offensive equivalent to that was going to be the wide receivers. You bring in Corey Davis, like last year's number uh, second round pick in Denzel Mims. You're you're going through the offseason. You're like okay, yeah. You know, that's a guy like he's going to be our top guy. And then you bring in Keelan Cole. You bring in uh, Corey Davis. You draft Elijah Moore higher than Denzel Mims. And then you have Crowder coming back. You have Berrios, you know, playing again. I think this group, while I had very high expectations, I would say definitely underwhelmed me. We had a lot of drops this season. Corey Davis, really wacky year for him. Like lots of drops. I think... I'm pretty sure this is the most drops he's ever had in his career. I have to go back and look, but it's like really, unca- I know they're, they're all coming I know, get, I know. I'm just, I'm trying, I'm, not, shaking. I'm trying not to I get too excited and I'm like <laughs> bouncing around and then like you the bubbles start bubbles. coming. Yeah, <laughs> it's I not know. good. You got to stop shaking. Gotta just sit. I like the receiver. You can't sit, you can't keep shaking. That's why you I you're like the receiver. Robotic just. <laughs> yeah. No, seriously. This was, this was a group I expected a lot from. I thought it was our deepest group. Denzel Mims easily gets an F for me. Um, position group wise, oh. I'm probably giving them a C minus, um, just because I liked what we got from Barrios. I like what we got to see from Elijah Moore. I do see the connection with Corey Davis and Zach Wilson. I just think, I don't know. I, Corey Davis might've been in his own head. It was just kind of wacky. What, what we got from him. I think he will yeah. go back to his more normal sort of stat line that you saw as a Titan, uh, next year. I do think this is a group that we need to invest a, a premium asset in, whether it be a top level free agent or a, a top 10 pick. Like I, for me, I'm looking Jameson Williams, London Drake or uh, Drake London or uh Traylon Burks. Those three guys possibly at number 10, I don't know yeah. where they go, but like, I would prefer someone who can either take the top off the, uh, off the defense in Jameson Williams guy's going to run like a four, three at six foot two. And like, then Elijah Moore and Corey Davis can feast in the middle of the field, not to mention whatever tight end we wind to bring it in. Um, yeah. or if you wind up wanting a, a red zone target, someone like a six foot five guy like Burks, I think is someone you'd want, or I think London's a six foot five. I think Burks is six three. I could be wrong on that.
1: Um, I mean, people so, talking about Olave and, and Garrett Wilson, who people have Wilson and Garrett and uh Alave even higher than than Williams. You know, like it, 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 it depends on who you like, who you watch. People had Ruggs as the number one. Mm-hmm. Um 2 years ago and I had Judy easily above him and you know mm-hmm. Judy has been a little bit disappointing but you know nonetheless uh, I think you know <laughs> better
0: <laughs> rugs, than rugs <laughs>
1: well that's a different conversation <laughs> but um yeah I, were you finished with what you were you saying I'm going to go on this
0: yeah no I'm done you can you can go I would say C C minus based on expectations
1: uh, yeah so it's like it's interesting because Corey Davis and you were right because he it, it's in his head and and he has that issue and and some people they don't let it get to their head um but I remember specifically watching and doing his film review Uh, I liked him. And then you saw him the last couple of weeks of the season pressing for a thousand yards. And those last two weeks he played the Texans and the Packers and he dropped a lot of balls in those games because he was really looking at that thousand yards. You could tell, um, he just wasn't looking the ball in, but I think people are almost, um, a little bit down on Davis because we signed him and their expectations was that he was going to be a legit number one. Based on the money that they signed him for, it's not a true number one. Like He got signed for $12 million. Again, you have to take that into context. Nelson Aguilar got $12.5 million. Mm-hmm. Uh, Kenny Galladay got $19 million and didn't catch a touchdown this year, um, which obviously that's a bust. But I think Corey Davis was signed to be a high-end number two, and I think he was a little bit disappointing in terms of being a high-end number two, um, but he's still a, a high-end number two. Like, I think that's what he is. I don't think he's in many, as many drops this year. So if, if Corey Davis is your two – That's a that's a solid group, um, and and more might be the one, whatever it is. But then you go past that, I would say I would say more met or exceeded expectations. Like he was Mm -hmm. he was good, he was he was quiet, but then he obviously had a you know couple of steps up, and then he was injured in the last couple of weeks, which sucks. But um, he exceeded. So Corey Davis a little bit below, you know more. you know met or exceeded but then past that crowder not much of an impact uh, below expectations Keelan Cole was a massive disappointment this year and then we're all talking about Jameson Williams and 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 Wilson and Olave and Burks and all these other guys because we expected Mims to be that guy and and Mims is not that guy so that's why we're talking about receiver again so Mims was a massive massive disappointment so so if you're talking about a grade that a C is like is, is right on the midline, right? C C plus. I don't know. I was a bad student. So like C. Um, I I, I said C minus, but I will probably say a D plus because like mm-hmm. Davis was below it. Um, um Crowder was below it, Cole was below it. Uh Mims Mims dug himself a hole. He wasn't below a line. He 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 dug his way to China um this year. Um and then what Braxton Barrios and more met or or X Barrios definitely exceeded, and then Moore was a little bit above expectations concerning the hype he got. So yeah, D, D plus C minus. But um, mm-hmm. I really like Moore going forward. I really like Barrios as a four or five. I really like Davis as a two. Um, and if they are to invest highly, whether it be you know a, a Robinson or uh, let's say Mike Williams, even though the Jets have so many injuries, I don't really like the idea of Mike Williams. I think he's more of a vertical adam gase threat in an offense not like a we need like a Debo samuel type guy to me um but i have a lot of faith in this group going forward but i thought they're gonna be really really good and and they were solid but uh they still definitely f- uh, flew way below my expectations so yeah d plus c minus and a massive reason for that is is mims because mims is a guy i thought could be a starting level receiver and he's a guy who people are talking about trading for a fifth or sixth round pick at this point so
0: yeah, I'd be shocked if he's on the team next year. What are your thoughts? Uh, we heard some rumors earlier this week that possibly Calvin Ridley, uh, if he's you know feeling a little bit better, if yeah. there's no conversation between him and, and the Falcons, maybe he winds up getting moved. How would you feel if the Jets wound up bringing him in? Would you give up a – Second round pick for him, or are you thinking yeah, draft?
1: Yeah, well, it, if the, the problem is like he's you're probably gonna need to jump on that trade before the draft because he's probably going to be mm-hmm. relatively a hot commodity. But like, that's another conversation that's in, interesting because there's so many angles. Like, what does he demand? Because do you want does Joe Douglas, specifically who's like, you know, team captain type guy, want a guy who just walked down the Falcons in the middle of the year? Like, he, he is a number one receiver, like, he is a guy who could do everything from yak, from contested catch. He's not the biggest guy in the world, but he's he's good. Um, but initially I was like, damn, like I really want that guy. But thinking about kind of you have to trade a pick, you have to sign him. A little bit of the head case.
0: Well, he's got a year um, left on his deal. And then yeah, you have to could sign him. tag him if you had to.
1: Yeah, but you're not, you're not gonna you're not gonna trade a pick for him and not sign him. That that would be really stupid. Yeah. Um, so you're you're gonna have to you're gonna have to assume that they're gonna sign him. So um I, at first I said like a second and like a later round pick. Now almost like a third. Like I, I, pro- I probably just wouldn't do it because of the whole mental thing. Like a lot of people talk about like Michael Thomas, Michael Thomas, a little bit of a head case. Juju mm-hmm. Smith Schuster, dancing on logos, tick tocking. Don't want him. You know, like I don't I don't want those guys who are headcases who Zach Wilson going to year two, who looked much more comfortable his last couple of weeks. You don't want that diva receiver who's going to talk, not not talk shit, but demand the ball and be a problem in practice and, and be throwing his hands in the game. He doesn't get targeted. Like so I don't really want the Ridleys, the Jujus, um, those type of guys. So I would probably say stay based on the price. I, th- I think it's probably going to be around a second round pick and a little bit more. I would probably stay away from a guy uh, like like Calvin Ridley. But overall, like I said, for the group, I would give it a D plus. But that's because my expectations were, were pretty high. And I, I think next year they're going to have a
0: pretty formidable, uh, formidable, formidable group. There you go. Got it out. It's gonna be interesting to see what happens with the trade market because Calvin Ridley is just one name that we've heard out there. There were names thrown out there like Brandon Cooks, Jarvis Landry. Um, who's the other one? There was a third. There was a fourth player out there. Yeah. Whatever. Jarvis Landry is not
1: a bad fit too. Like he's you, you want like that big like X like like guy who can mm-hmm. get yak, but Jarvis Landry is more of like a slot who can get yak. Like he's he's not a terrible fit, but mm-hmm. um, Jameson Williams just towards his ACL. People are saying here he might be really hurt, so.
0: That's another guy, know.
1: Chris Godwin,
0: uh, Michael Gallup. You know Godwin, Jamison Williams. Like, every friggin' receiver that I want <laughs> is going down with an ACL. Maybe we I shouldn't mean, take maybe, a receiver. There's just something else. If, if you see an ACL for for Jameson Williams and he's there in the second round, you pull the trigger. Oh my god!
1: Now this is another conversation. You're, you're, right? You're, you're,
0: it's totally. I, I, not-
1: I, I like to hit shit from so many angles because then people will attack you on the one angle <laughs> you didn't hit. <laughs> Um, it's almost like that conversation of Jeffrey Simmons, like, okay, you know, he's going to be a top D tackle, but when, when do you need him? Um, and if it's an injury that depends on how big the tear is, it depends how bad the injury is. But if you're going to guarantee me that he's going to be completely healthy in 2023 and you're getting a first round receiver, um, at 36 at uh, at 36 or 39, that's like, that's almost like a first round pick. I, I probably wouldn't invest that high, but like a third, uh, yeah, yeah, sure. But, um, like I said, the thing with receivers is, to me, like listen, like I, I uh, while I get the need for it, and and in general, I want to tend even like more towards offense because I want to surround Zach Wilson. Even though defense is a much bigger need. Um, if you look at the positions individually, I think we talked about this last week. Receivers mm. probably like the seventh biggest need on this team right now. Like mm. you're you're talking about having a decent group with Davis and and more than you bring in a, whoever. Like that's an okay group, but, like safety, nothing. Linebacker plus Mosley, nothing. Um, tight end, absolutely nothing, right guard, nothing, you know, like, so you're looking at like the fifth, sixth, seventh biggest in team. So I'm, I'm not, I'm not for drafting a receiver at 10. Like that's my general thing because receivers in the last couple of years, there are guys who are killing it. T Higgins, you know, all these guys who are killing it in the second, third round. And there's no Jamar chase. If, you're, if you want to take that guy at mm-hmm. 10, I'm more offensive line, defensive line, uh corner, You know, even linebacker, like there's nothing past Mosley. So you have a a complete dud as a second string linebacker where you have guys like Davis and Moore and, you know, Barrios or whoever else can can go out as your three. Like you need a tight end. You need a linebacker. You need a safety. So people are talking about receivers a lot because they're sexy. Um, But there are much, much bigger teams on this, uh, our needs on this team. And there's no Jamar Chase in this draft. So a 10 pick, when I'm seeing a lot of people lump in Wilson Olave, Jameson Williams, Burks, all these guys, is one of those guys really. That much better than a group to take them at ten. I I, I don't know. Um, so I'm more like second, third round type guy for receiver than I am first round or or sign a guy in the draft, uh, in, in free agency. So
0: now let's move on to the running backs. This is an area that you know we took P Ryan last year. We wind up or two years ago, I guess at this point. Um, you bring in Michael Carter. Uh, you know, with our fourth round pick, you have Ty Johnson. You have Austin Walter and, and Tevin Coleman. This is a position group I wasn't really sure what to expect out of. I kind of just figured middle of the pack. I think Michael Carter is a stud. This guy was a home run pick in the fourth round. Tevin Coleman, I would love to bring him back. I don't know what kind of money he would command, but I would love to bring him back. Uh, I like Ty Johnson minus the dropsies. So like if he can kind of figure that out, I don't mind. And Austin Walter is a fine body, you know, at the tail end of the roster. I think P Ryan probably gets cut, but this is a position group that I would say moving forward is, is pretty solid. Um, I mean, maybe you, you look to bring in an additional body cause you don't know how long Coleman's going to be around for, but no. I, I'm, I'm pretty happy with what we got out of this. I, I'd give this a solid B I think.
1: Yeah. Somebody mentioned uh, no ACL tear that's, that's him. Somebody asked to, would you take Hamilton at four and Ojiba the rusher from at 10 um, you if you had to sign up for that right now, I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't mind that. Like that's not a, mm-hmm. a, and again, I have to preface it by saying I have to watch and, and people like, like, Oh, those kids whatever, bullshitting, whatever. If you're a fan, if, if you enjoy the work, you, you know, what I'm talking about, like, I got to watch these guys. People are high on Gary and Farrell and, and mm-hmm. Jalen Marshall and all these players. And I look at am like this guy fucking sucks. Um, so I, I, I can't just do that. Um, so I got to preface it by saying that, but, um, with that being said for the, for the, uh, running backs, Carter for a fourth round pick, he looks like a legitimate one A one B. Like he he is that guy, and for a fourth round guy, good. That's that's he's a piece plus. Uh, Coleman, I'll be honest, I thought he was a jag. I think he's like a jag plus. Is is that okay? Like I, I think he's I, I think I think he's okay, which is fine. I I think he would be fine. I, I think bringing him back for a million million and a half next year would be good. Um, past that. Um, you have Walter, who I think exceeded expectations because we didn't have any expectations. Mm-hmm. Um, and then P Ryan's gone. He he got no snaps like ever. Um, he mm-hmm. got he got snaps one game and he didn't do anything when it was literally just him and Ty Johnson because everybody else was injured. Carter was injured. Ty, uh, um coleman was injured and i think walter got
0: sick before the game if i'm not mistaken yeah i think he had a stomach or something like that right yeah
1: so you had two running backs that game he saw a couple carries he's he's as good as gone and then ty johnson he's not a good player like i i get he has speed i get that he can truck some guys over terrible patience terrible Mm -hmm. vision terrible pass catcher terrible um pass blocker that's four (laughs) things that are really important for a running back and he can't do it at all so ty johnson's gone so I would say that next year you probably have your 1a 1b in Carter you have uh, Tevin Coleman who I feel comfortable comfortable with as a three but I think getting that guy in in the third fourth fifth round as like the, the 1b um, would be good for this team because I don't I don't think they have that true 1b right now or I think Carter could be that that 1a but there's you know I, I wouldn't take that for for Coleman right now so um, yeah I, w- I would say like a like a B. Um, because a main sticking point with uh, being Carter and Coleman, and then with that, for if we're, if we're talking about running backs, we can talk about this with tight ends. But uh, Baden's another guy with that, the Nick Bowden, um mm-hmm. guy who looks like a legitimately good fullback right now. Um, so that's that's a positive. So let's let's bring it up to it. yeah, it could be B plus because because Baden is looks to be um, solid in that position, and maybe you can consider Westco there too.
0: So so now we're gonna get to the position everyone's been waiting for, and that's our quarterback situation. Uh, Zach Wilson, Joe Flacco, Mike White, um, for a little bit, Josh Johnson. What were your thoughts? <laughs> um, oh, actually, no, let me give my thoughts first. So Zach Wilson. You, I don't know, God. I was, okay. I will say this. Mike White exceeded my expectations. Joe Flacco wasn't expecting him, um, but I think for the time he played, exceeded my expectations. Josh Johnson, I think he exceeded my expectations. The big one, Zach Wilson, I feel like was probably on par to disappointing um, for what I was hoping to get from him. But I do think the flop of a wide receiver room that we wound up kind of having contributed to the, the issues that we wound up seeing with Zach. Um, but I do think from game one to game, I'll say game two, you know, week seventeen, last yesterday's game was just such a such a crap, you know, situation for Wilson. Yeah. Um, I would say this is kind of how I expected Wilson's rookie year to look. He's coming from a smaller school in BYU. He's getting up to speed. He's learning the you know a new offense. I would say disappointing, but overall uh, C plus. Like I I feel comfortable that we traded Sam. I feel comfortable saying like, I'm not looking for a quarterback, at least for the next year, maybe two, I would say, you know, I don't know, it's C plus, And I would say there's enough encouraging signs from Wilson that you could be excited with the additions, with the 70 million in cap, with the nine draft picks that you could look forward to next year's season being a, a big step up. Um, what were your thoughts on the quarterback position?
1: Yeah, somebody said I don't know if somebody in the chat mentioned uh getting a first round pick for White, but that is not happening <laughs> at all. I don't know who <laughs> it should have happened
0: um, right after the battle. I can only see like the last like,
1: five, go, but whoever around oh oh right is is smoking crack. Um I saw another thing in here too. We didn't even really get to the chat, which is fine, whatever. Um <laughs> yeah, it's like it's it's I think a lot of people are gonna grade this with like what have you done for me lately? Which which for Wilson is he, he would be above expectations, but I think for overall the beginning of the year was not our expectations. We, you know, number two pick, I get the coming from a small school. I get the fact that the offensive line at times was an ideal. I get the injuries at receiver. I get the drops at receiver. But regardless of what you want to say, going through his mental processing, all this stuff, the actual quarterback play, he um, was a disappointment. The last couple of weeks, Bill's game, I feel like it was it was pretty much two expectations. Like with no offensive line, with no running game, with no de- – you know, at the end of the game, no defensive supporting you. Uh, And really the defense was, was more a product of Josh Allen is not having a good game. Like I, I, Mm -hmm. I I think Josh Allen is good. I don't think he's great. Like I I, I like Josh Allen, but people talk about like he's a top three, like three to five guy. He just, he's not consistent enough for me, but
0: dude, if I I I had, if he was top five, this year I might say not top five, but I think last year was top five. I would say like, but then what were the years
1: before that though?
0: Years before that, no. Years before last year, no. Like okay, I thought so your sample size is one year, year of
1: his four years being being top five.
0: I would say last year was top five. I would say this year top ten. Um, I think he has the arm strength. I think he has the physical size to just impose his will. Um yeah. I would a hundred percent take Josh Allen on this team versus like oh you know, well, almost yeah. any, any quarterback. I mean, yeah, the I, contract, and everything.
1: I think he's top ten. Um, but I don't think he's top five right now, and that uh, that might like seem like a little like I'm being like nitpicky. But if he played that he was top five yesterday, the Jets lose by forty points. Like he he missed so many throws that game, it was it was out of control. Um, but for Wilson, like yeah, like he started off the season, um, below, end of the season, much higher than I thought he would. You know, like that Bucks game, the Jaguars. I couldn't give two shits less about your stats. Don't bring the stats to me because I'll show you. five, 10, 15 plays of his mental processing that was that was on point. And if you want to talk about all those stacks, okay, then tell me why on the one concept, he was reading a poll concept, realized that the cover three was was heavily um based on their pre-snap rotation was was fading towards that 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 poll concept. He realized by the poll concept that the inside seam was getting covered. So he threw it to the backside I think it was a I think I think it was a dig. Um, okay, one of debate we could we could do that. I'm I'm down with that. Like, I expect a couple of drinks to me I'm I'm cool.
0: Don't pick
1: so, fights with Joe. So I'm so, um, so Wilson's processing, minus the stats in the game was great. The Dolphins game, good game. The Bucks game, great game. They were all, to me, maybe not the Dolphins game, all better than Titans game. The Titans game was great because we saw the flashy throws. But I know he could do those flashy throws. The flashy throws are gonna show up four, five times a game if you're lucky but then what are you going to do on those other 35 to 40 play 40 plays you're throwing the ball maybe some games depends on the game plan 20 25 30 whatever don't get on me for that but what are you going to do the other 20 to 30 plays of the game and in the jags game the bucks game the dolphins game he was showing me that mental processing standpoint where i was really 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 excited so um, and i and i don't think he's going to be down and then go up and then kind of level out versus the Bills, and then just go down again, especially with another year with better talent around him, better offensive line, better tight end, better receiver. So I would probably say like C plus, mm-hmm. um, and I think that's fair. I, I think the people who are saying B plus, A minus, all this stuff are having recency bias, but they're they're kind of forgetting how bad you know the Saints game was, the the Pats game was. So for an overall standpoint, yeah, like C C plus.
0: All right, so that was our offense, our defense, our special teams. There's still one more unit we got to talk about. And that's the coaching staff. Yeah. We're talking coaching staff. How did we do overall? Um Boyer on special teams. I feel like I'm gonna give him an A. I thought through three head coaches, the the issues we've had at the kicking situation, the emergence of Berrios. Um, I think he did very well. Um defensive-wise, Ulbrich. Um <laughs> I feel bad for the guy. Like, look, the defense is a clear F, like, across the board. But Ulbrich, you you bring in guys like a a Ronnie Blair, a Carl Lawson, a Vinnie Curry, a LaMarcus Joyner to try and make the 3-4 to the 4-3 transition as easy as possible, and you lose all of them. Blair comes back for a few games, and that's about it. Um, He just didn't have the horses in the stable to run a defense, let alone the defense he wants to run. Um, I would say... Ulbrich for me, based on expectations, I'm gonna give him a D minus just because like, you know, I thought the D line was gonna be better. I thought we would see like some spark, Um, and maybe that's a little bit harsh. And maybe some other people want to give him an F. I get it, but like, I'm not giving up on Ulbrich after this year because of all the issues that we had and and the lack of resources we put into that side of the ball. Remember, two off seasons in a row, we have not put any. Real high priority free agents or draft picks into that, except for the Carl loss and the Vinnie Curry, the, the Ronnie Blair, and the the Lamarcus Joyner. And then you trade away, you know, Jamal Adams and and uh, Leonard Williams, both great moves, but also removing talent from that side of the field. So for Ulbrich, I kind of give him a little bit of a pass. Maybe it's an incomplete for him more than a more than a bad grade. Don't be um, soft, Ryan. Just give your grade. I, no, it's, it's oh, a okay. I said D. I gave him a D. Okay. I, I'll, I'll, give, I'll give him a D. Um, offensive coordinator wise, I'm look, I'm, I'm a plus for, for LaFleur. I think it was rough to start. We saw him with Flacco, with Josh Johnson, with, uh, Mike White and, and the offense played well. I think all three guys were over 300 yards. If I'm not mistaken, I I could be off on that with Flacco. Um, and then Zach Wilson coming back from injury, having John Beck on the sideline with him, having LaFleur up in the booth. So maybe maybe split it like this: maybe Lafleur on the sideline, D minus. <laughs> Lafleur in the booth, A plus. Um, I would say A plus yeah. from Lafleur because uh, th- I think I genuinely think he's the best offensive coordinator that we have had. It it might you better be- say the right name.
1: You better say the right name. I'm no. curious. What? You be- I said you better say <laughs> what? You better say the right name. I'm curious. Who you think the last Jets best offensive coordinator
0: was? Because I have a really
1: strong opinion on this.
0: Okay, oh, God, best. J- I'm only saying since I've been watching. So 32 years. I'm 32 uh, years
1: old. Uh, yeah, I wasn't saying in history. I'm saying like last like good OC the Jets have had.
0: I would say. I mean, look the the year with Decker and Marshall is hard not to not to like. I really liked. Was it John Morton? Was yes, that? that's. The I answer. love John Morton. I that really did. I thought he was great. He's playing so 30 plus points
1: for some games with absolutely no talent on the team with Josh McCown quarterbacking. Like he was he was a good OC. And then for whatever reason, they just they just they banished him for Jeremy Bates, and Jeremy mm-hmm. Bates sucked. Uh, John Morton was severely underrated as a Jets OC. He was he was really good.
0: Wanna know a little inside secret as to why Jeremy Bates was brought in? I don't know if I told you this.
1: Something about like they had like a like a, an agreement if he came back or something like that. It was and... a phone call the year before.
0: But how do we know this? I can't disclose that, but I know from a, a a source that I'll tell you after the stream that he was on the phone and suggested the Hackenberg pick the year prior. And that was, I'm pretty sure that was the Morton year. And then the year after that they brought in Bates to be the quarterback coach or offensive or whatever the hell he was. Um, But I think that's what kind of helped push Morton out, which sucks because I liked Morton. I thought Morton was our best offensive coordinator but I think LaFleur has the ability to be a longer-term, good offensive coordinator to great offensive coordinator because I love the – we finally saw trick plays. We saw the jet sweeps. We saw the, the the razzle-dazzle of the throat to the receiver. The receiver throws a pass or he or hand it off and throws it back to Wilson then he throws a pass. Like, those are the things that you wanted to see the Jets do because we, we don't have those horses on the offensive side to really contend with the top-level teams. And we were kind of competitive with – a pretty decent amount of games. I mean, there were some that we still got blown out in, but I, I liked what we got out of the floor. And then that brings me to to Salah and 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 his coaching. Um, I would say we definitely had issues with clock management at, at points. I think there were some questionable decisions um, at other points, but I, I, I do like his demeanor. I think the he's got the I don't know. I, I, I think when there there's certain coaches like a, an Adam Gase that you look at and you say like, okay, I don't think he earns the respect of the guys in the room. Like I think the guys in the room for salad, look at him and he's, he's a strong guy. He's a good looking dude. He's a younger guy. Like I think that helps. Um, I think the, the rookie head coach growing pains were, were clearly there. Um, I'd give Salah, I give him a C, I think. Like it's like I think based on what he had to work with. Like I'm not grading him and his defense because of you know all the issues I named with Ulbrich. Well, hold on. Let me go back on stream. Bam, there we go. Sorry about that. <laughs> <laughs> okay. okay, I would say I am encouraged. Can you hear me? I can hear you. Yeah. Sorry, okay. I, everything just like clicked One thing, on. One
1: thing, Ryan, after you do this too, because I'm, I'm, I don't care how many 100 people are, are, are watching this, I got to admit this. Um, if I don't go to the bathroom, I'm going to have to piss my floor and
0: <laughs> you're going to hear it. So I'm just going to go to the bathroom for two seconds. Go to the <laughs> oh bathroom. My. It's okay. I'll talk to the chat for a little bit. Then I'll get your thoughts on the uh, on the head coaching uh, situation or the coaching situation in general. Uh, so clearly Joe has to turn off his camera because he's peeing in, in, the, in the studio. That's actually what's going on right now. Um, <laughs> uh, let's see. What are you guys talking about in the chat? Um, ooh, Streamlabs. I, so I started using the Streamlabs bot and I don't exactly know what it does, but it's, yeah, it looks like it's doing its thing, <laughs> whatever on the side. So let me know if you, if you like it or not. Uh, NY Jets Florida, Ryan man crush on the floor. Yeah. You know what? I like good offense and it's been a really long time since we've had it. So bite me. Um, Jam Stasher says, Jameson Williams hurt his knee. Did you guys see that? I didn't see the play. I heard everyone talking about it. I hope it's not an ACL because I really, really like Jameson Williams and I'd be really upset if like we're just losing more and more guys that we could potentially take at four, at 10. Um, oh, Green Bean. Green Bean's in the chat. What's up, dude? Uh, <laughs> ADK Jets fan says, wash your hands, Joe uh, Jeremy says, ask Joe if he likes hot sauce. Uh, for those of you that don't know, Jeremy's going to do a spoonful of what's the name of the hot sauce. Some kind of crazy hot sauce. That's, that's really good. Uh, Jay Oak says, Ryan said Sala was cuter than LaFleur. No, LaFleur's a babe, dude. Chick magnet. Um, <laughs> oh God, this is what happened. I wind up getting you guys sending me clips of stupid stuff that I say. Joe sent me a clip the one time. There he is. Joe's back. So you look at it. Joe sent me a clip the one time. I don't remember exactly what it was, but it was oh, like I a still fuck, kill I, I could find it by the, time, at
1: the end of this stream. I could find that if you want me to.
0: Oh my God. Well, it's probably, if we go back through our texts, I'm sure it's in there, but it's like, it was a fuck, marry, kill situation. And I, oh, I know exactly what it was. It was, yeah. uh, I would F Bill O'Brien, I think was the, <laughs> I'm pretty sure it was Bill O'Brien was the, the name that we were talking about. Cause I, I want to say it was Adam Gase, Bill O'Brien, Oh God. Who's the other head coach? It was like three different head coaches that we were doing fuck, Mary kill for. And that was, <laughs> that was, I was, that was. Not, I was not on that show. I don't, I don't think I was no, on that one. I wasn't on the show. That was my Monday show. I think I was talking about it. And you came on the Tuesday show and you clipped the part portion of the Monday show and sent it to me. And I was like, Oh damn. <laughs> I was like, I didn't even like really realize that. And we were having a good laugh about it. Um, All right, Joe. I want to get your thoughts on the coaching staff from special teams, defense, offense, and head coach. What are your thoughts?
1: Oh, hold on. I hold on. I just now he's got to pull it up. I just found it. I just found it.
0: Now you got to show it.
1: Yeah. Oh yeah. Of course, I'm going to show it. And like usually, usually the thing. Like, I'm sorry. I think we're friends enough at this point where I could take. I could take over a little bit because like usually on my on my stream I'm like, yeah, I got to go piss guys. But like here I was like sitting here I could listen to the whole coaching thing. I was like. Mm I was like, do you think it's going to be like five, ten more minutes? How long are we going to talk? If we can talk for another 30 minutes. Like, I got to tell him. I got to tell him. I just got to do it. Dude,
0: it's cool. I told you <laughs> so, a Green Bean story. Green Bean's in the chat right now.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so this is – I don't know if you could uh, – Oh, you is, can see it clearly. You can see that?
0: Oh, yeah. I don't fuck Bill O'Brien. <laughs> oh, you got to put it next to your microphone. Oh. I don't fuck Bill O'Brien. I would fuck Bill O'Brien. I would fuck Bill O'Brien.
1: Oh, damn it. Um – so yeah coaching staff i guess we're gonna go through like the the entire group um the olbrick I, listen like I, I get the whole thing about him um not having the horses because you know huff was out and and lawson was out and q was out for some games and he had no linebackers he had no joiner he had no uh may for a good amount of the year he didn't have corners with that being said should we be the 32 ranked uh, defense in the league? Should we be one of the worst, if not the worst, Jets defenses of all time, with number uh, considering like numbers? No, so D minus um, from him, and I think he adjusted a little bit, you know, moving Hall around. Um, but the defensive line, like I want to see him two gapping more with with Fadokowski. Like I get we were four three penetrating front, but there's there's plenty of. Um, there's, uh, there's plenty of uh, talent on the front where you could, you could adjust a little bit hybrid fronts like the, um, like the Pats do where you can play a three, four and a four, three principles at, at the same time. So we didn't adjust that. Um, and, and, and people are going to bitch regardless. Like, yeah, we don't have the horses. This is kind of for brick. Like we run man coverage. On third down, people, oh, we shouldn't run man coverage on third down. We run zone coverage heavily against the Falcons. We get ripped up on, on, on zone coverage. Why are they running zone coverage? Like it just, it just, it, it kind of, it, you're never going to win when you're bad. We you don't have the talent. So um, while I think he's a little bit too strict to his schemes at times, he didn't have help. But with that said, we don't deserve the numbers that they put up this year. It was terrible. There was plenty of games. They're putting up the teams are putting up 40 plus on us. There's games, the Broncos game early, the Pats game early, where they're beating us so bad they don't need to put up points. You know, so how much, how many points will they have put up if they actually needed to? So this defense was historically bad. So D D minus F, like it's just, you know, regardless of the talent, it's you you cannot excuse that. Um uh LaFleur, um, B plus, A minus, Um, beginning of the year was not good. End of the year was great. So probably A minus. Um, Some of his schemes, you know, like there are some plays where you have some handoffs, uh, fake handoffs and jet motions going into the same spot in the field, which is that a, and, and OC is really like, that's, that's, that's talent dependent. Like, is that players screwing up that concept in terms of, you know, a, again, a jet sweep and a fake handoff going in the same way? Um, just doesn't really fake out the defense. You have you had multiple times where a flat route, a bench route, whatever it may be, and an over route are going to the same spot so You can kind of cover it because it's so condensed with one defender. Is that the players or is that the scheme? You know, so like there are some questions I have about you know that I would need to see like them coach it to really to really judge that um, for all sides of the ball. So there are some questionable things that that he does, um, but overall, like we saw great creativity um we saw the offense clicking with backup quarterbacks we saw the offense clicking with with zach wilson later in the season so i'll probably say b b plus a minus for lafleur um and we can go through there's so much shit with coaching and then solid yeah like a like a like a c plus you know i i think he's okay um there are some questionable decisions with late timeouts and things like that and like nothing i can think of the top of my head you know right now Mm -hmm. um but I, I thought he was good. And I think people kind of overlook the whole sideline antics, you know, people like, Oh my God, you know, he's not screaming at his players and they are down 10 to 45. Like, what do you want him to say? You fucking suck. You suck. You yeah. suck. Like what, what is he supposed to say? Like what, like, what are you supposed to do? And then, and then, but the people who give him credit, like I think it was Michael Carter, Michael Carter made a big tackle. was Eccles made a big tackle against the bucks, the bucks. And he, he's like high-fiving him on the sideline, like at, right after the play, like coming out of the field, getting aggressive. You saw him being aggressive with, with, uh the refs a little bit. So I I think at first he was a little bit like caged in, like he wanted to like, okay, I'm a head coach now, like thinking like I need to be a head coach. And I think after the first, like half of the season, he started to realize like, I'm just going to be myself. I thought he was a little bit that more on the sidelines, which is a positive. Um, And managing the team, managing guys' expectations, uh, being the overall like, like manager of, of the players and kind of like the overseer. I think everybody spoke about him really highly. Everybody respects him a lot throughout the league. Um, And I don't think he diminished that in any, type of way this this season um so I think he meant to exceed my expectations so he gets the cc plus there were some things I didn't necessarily love he said in the media or things like that again uh going over examples of of nine weeks ago is kind of hard um but yeah c plus for him d minus f for Olberg, It just is what it is and then probably a b plus for
0: LaFleur so I see in the chat uh a plus for Middleton undefeated <laughs> You another, know, another
1: another good one is is Tony Odin Uh, in terms of how they're how they're playing, the, the last DB coach who I always had problems with, like people loving, you know, bless Austin. I always have problems with something, but like, mm-hmm. uh, Odin um, over I forget who the last DB coach was, the guy from the Rams. Um, I, I forget his name off the top of my head. Uh, but Odin did a lot a, a much better job with these guys. I mentioned on Twitter though, he has to do a little bit better jobs in terms of them playing like shuffle bail. The uh, zone bailing and letting guys attack their blind spots. I saw that way too much this season, but that's something that I hope they'll fix with with some better players, um, and some more time. Uh, but overall, he was good. You can go, you know, Middleton won a game. Like, hey, cool, cool for Middleton. But yeah, it was, you know, overall, there's there's some highs and lows. Like, you know, Ulbrich Ol- isn't what I wanted, but like, imagine if they can sound like, and then it's not gonna happen. But like a Fangio or something like that, like coming off of a head coaching gig, but it's, it's never gonna happen. So.
0: Yeah, I was gonna say I heard a lot of people say, oh, we should go after Vic Fangio. And I'm just like, ah, like I like I get it. I understand Wish. the want, but like if you bail on Ulbrich after like the shit he was handed, like I just feel like that's kinda like maybe he's the guy that has to fall on a sword, but dude, it I'd feel bad for the guy after like I feel like he got dealt a raw hand this year.
1: Can yeah, you know? yeah, well, I, I think I think there's a big difference between like good good DCs and good head coaches. Like there are some guys who are right. who are great DCs and they just can't be um head coach i think fangio kind of falls into that um and there are a couple of guys like you know maybe dan quinn falls into that you know the the todd bulls of the world fall into that but if you can get me one of those guys which i don't it's it's not going to happen because Ulbrich is going to be back for for year two and i'm pretty sure that was it salah or uh joe douglas that confirmed that, that all the quarters are gonna be back for for next year so he's not going anywhere it's 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 a it's a mute point right now
0: yeah 100 percent um, so that's basically all our grades. I do want to get your thoughts. Cause I did, I did see something pop up in the chat, uh, real quick. I was surprised that the dolphins fired Brian Flores. I thought that team was gritty and I thought they showed a lot of heart. Um, they went on what a seven game win streak, like surprised is, is the, the word I think I would use for it. I have no idea who they have in mind for a head coach. But it makes me happy that I think Watson is no longer going to consider Miami now that Flores isn't there. And I'm okay with that. Cause I would love to see Tua stay in Miami. What are your thoughts on that uh, that head coaching move?
1: Yeah. By the way, I was scrolling up in the chat too, and somebody said ask Joe if he likes hot sauce. And yes, I do. I've like I've like a couple hundred dollars worth of different hot sauces in my in my cabinet. So yes. Wow. Sure. Really? What I love hot sauce. Have- su- yeah.
0: I love hot sauce, but I don't <laughs> I don't have that much. I have like red hot and that's like it. No, I went
1: to Virginia and I uh, I forget what town I was in. I, I'll remember a different time. Uh, popular town in Virginia, some of you will probably know in the chat, but uh, Alexandria, I think I think it is. Um, and there was this hot sauce place, and I bought like two hundred dollars worth of hot sauce. I love I love hot sauce. So oh, it's yes. so good, dude. I yeah.
0: I I, could, but, I could my, my body will hate me for a day or two after. Like buffalo chicken dip yeah. is like one of my favorite things.
1: Oh yeah, that's not like real hot sauce. Like that's not. It's it's it's, it's it can be buffalo don't have chicken to be dip, with red buffalo hot. wings. You can use the hot you're, sauce. you're right. You're right. Somebody said pee in a bottle too. I saw that, but sometimes bottles aren't big enough, especially when you have drinks. It's just, you, you think about a it's not like
0: Joe has over. No,
1: there. No, no, no. I'm not talking about that. <laughs> I'm talking about the, 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 the level the, of the, the volume motion, the of pee, urine. The, the pee. Yeah, no, it's a bottle sometimes doesn't control especially when you're dancing for an hour. <laughs> it's just not going to happen. Um, so yeah, the, the, the dolphins, and I'm pretty sure it was either their. I think it's the owner Ross uh, came out and said today that they're not looking to get Watson. Like he tripped, said it today.
0: Yeah, Um, I I think they said they. uh, He also wasn't going to be the guy to pull Jim Harbaugh from Michigan. But if Harbaugh pulls himself, then I think maybe there's a possibility. But I think I think Harbaugh and Vic Fangio go to Vegas because Harbaugh was a Raider fan growing up, and I think that's just one of those opportunities that like I could see him going for.
1: Yeah, I'm. I'm not a big Harwell guy. Um, mm-hmm. just in general, like people talk about him last year for the Jets. I was completely out on that. I, I think he's. I think he's more named than he actually is substance. Mm-hmm. Um, but in terms of the Dolphins, like Greer, if you look at his like mistakes over the last couple of years in terms of like signing guys, cutting guys, trading guys, you just you just signed. Like I think that, like Van Noy, they gave a big contract to, and I like, got rid of him, like the next year. Yep. Um. So. I think Greer has been a joke as a GM. I, I think this year they had pretty high expectations for the Dolphins, and I think they disappointed a little bit. But like you said, he like Flores finished on a seven game well seven game winning streak and then lost the last week to the to the Pats, right? Or they, no, they won. They lost or two. They, they lost. Well, they, they, they won
0: lost. against the Pats. They lost the Titans the week before.
1: Okay, yeah, yeah. So, so, but overall, they finished the season really strong. I think, and from every, based on what everybody's saying around the league, the Flores is a really respected uh, head coach. He's going to be one of the top candidates for the job for any other team um, in the league right now. So um, I'm ecstatic about it because I think the Dolphins had a really good head coach who coached one of the top defenses in the league with not a lot of talent on their team, minus the cornerbacks, which were you know really good and, and Holland, you know, stepping up. But um, I thought they 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 just fired a good coach. And I think they're trending, you know, at first they were upwards, upwards, upwards. I was nervous about Flores. I was nervous about anything to it, obviously to us disappointed, but now they're back down to being kind of a joke. Um, so I'm
0: ecstatic about it.
1: Like, you know, I, I think he's a good coach and now they're going to hire, I wish they hired Harbaugh Harbaugh because again, I think he's more, (laughs) I think he's more substance. I think he's more bark than bite type guy. Mm -hmm. And I think he'll kind of bring in a clown show too. So, um, but obviously it's not going to happen now, apparently. So, um, yeah, I think it's a mistake for them, but great for us.
0: Yeah. I wonder who they go with. There's, I, there were rumors last year and I don't know if the guy signed an extension. They, the coach from Florida. I don't know if they would go with, um, I th- was it Florida? I think it's Florida. Um, Oh God, who the, who the hell was Trask's head coach?
1: Um, I, I'm not good with call, college stuff. I suck yeah, with college stuff.
0: God, he was, his name was kicked around a little bit for us, but it wasn't someone that I considered. Um, yeah, I have no. I don't know where they go. It's going to be interesting to see. I'm glad that he's gone. I think Watson's out of the division for good, and or not out of the division. He's never in the division, but I'm glad they're not getting him in the division. I would love to see two of there long term, uh, and I do think whatever coach they get is going to be wind up wind up being worse than Flores. So
1: yeah, yeah, me, me too. Um, and now we all have like because like we were Dan um... Mullen. That's the name. Well, yeah, we we were we were like really linking up Watson to Miami, and we're like, God damn it! Like now we have Watson, Josh Allen, you know, um, he's, going he's going to Carolina.
0: He's going to Carolina. Carolina.
1: I think. I think. To be honest, um, for me, like personally, if I was a quarterback right now and just looking at like some of the neat teams who need quarterbacks, um, I don't think you can put anybody above Denver and and, and Pittsburgh right now. Um, Pittsburgh has a lot Ooh. of talent. Really stable organization, and Denver has a ton of talent. Like, look at mm-hmm. look at Matt Rule and and they getting rid of Joe Brady, and yep. they have a lot of questions in 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 uh, Carolina right now. And did you see him answer the question about Darnold? This 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 I you know, didn't today? see it,
0: but I but Rule is in like I, Rule was someone I wouldn't have been shocked if they Dude. decided to like move on from. Um, they asked a question about either like Donald moving forward or picking up his fifth year option,
1: and it's like a thirty second clips. And he was like, uh, like he said, um, probably for fifteen seconds. He's like, um, well, um, um, it's a decision that we all um came together on um, and it's already done. And uh, I was like, yeah, they're not happy with Donald. You know, it was good, Ooh. good job trading a second, a fourth, and a sixth for a guy who absolutely sucked. It, it was all over the film, but people don't want to listen. So, um, he's terrible, and they're going to be stuck with him. And they they pass on Fields, they pass on Mac Jones. So good good luck with that, dude. I so Watson.
0: I I mean I'm I don't think Rodgers gets moved anymore. I think he winds up staying in Green Bay. I think Wilson, Russell, if he's traded, I think goes to the Giants. Watson to the to Denver makes a lot of sense. Dude, you know what team could really use like an elite level quarterback that I think is kind of almost knocking on the door, but they're not going to do it. And that's the Browns. Like, I think the Browns are in a weird situation with Baker Mayfield. And I don't, I don't hate Baker, but if they got someone like Watson, that team is friggin' loaded.
1: I hate Baker. Um, I do.
0: <laughs> See, I wanted Baker that draft. I was like, oh, dude, I was, I was so uh, bummed when they took him uh, one. And I, then I was the, happy with that.
1: That's like another, just like, that's another um, example of like more bark than bite. I, I, he yeah. talks a lot of shit for doing a lot of things. Um, I, yeah. I know as a Browns fan, with him in his rookie year, doing all the commercials he did and talking all the trash he did, I, I wouldn't be happy. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was in the position, like even before the season, they like, talking about him getting an extension. Like, oh yeah, get, give him an extension, give him that big extension. And, and I was not on that on that board at all. And you're looking at a team. I know he's injured this year, but you're talking about one of the top ten offensive lines in the league. I would say the the best one two running uh, running back yep. punch in the league with. with um, with Kareem Chum Hunt and, and Chubb uh, and Chubb, like they're both starting level running backs, like legitimately a solid I mean, receiver had, you group. You had
0: OBJ, you had uh, OBJ,
1: Landry, you have uh what's the name Higgins, uh, Higgins. No, Higgins on- no? There's uh, another I, I think it's the other Higgins is on is on uh Rash- Rashad
0: Higgins, maybe is it
1: or maybe I'm wrong, but I think, I think it's it. Higgins um on the on the Browns. So you have Hooper, you have Najoku, you have a stout defense, that's absolutely loaded. And the fact that they're they finished seven or eight and nine.
0: Did they finish eight and nine? I, I think I was wild, whatever it was.
1: Yeah. Eight and nine. Um, they're really, really disappointing. So um, yeah, I, I, you know, for them, if they can land a quarterback, like that, they're the most ready team, you would probably, in my opinion, it's probably Browns, Broncos, Steelers right now in terms of the best three teams who need, who need quarterbacks. Um, Colts are probably up there too, but they're not gonna get away from and Wentz because he's a big deal for next year. Um, Mm -hmm. And and he he is he sucks Carson Wentz is terrible. Like I was watching that game, I had a parlay (laughs) on him too. And in my head, before I put them in my parlay, I was like, I can never trust. There's like two things, a couple teams and a couple people I don't trust. Wentz is one of them. And I was like, I don't trust Wentz at all. And I don't. I do not like betting on division games. I rarely, rarely do it. Mm -hmm. Bet on Wentz and division game got
0: screwed in a parlay, and I I, (laughs) I knew I freaking. I knew I shouldn't have done it. So what Um, kills me is the the whole like if the jets were to have lost to the jaguars now now that everything's all shaked out we would have had number one overall
1: yeah yeah it is it is what it is um (laughs) you know you can't really predict that stuff like oh they both won and all the all this stuff and um i like for me I, i was more on the on the fence um, in terms of like the win versus loss, like I, I get the yeah. whole win aspect. I didn't get it with Gase because nobody's gonna be back next year anyway. But like mm-hmm. now that it's Wilson and Michael Carter and McCarter the second, all these guys, like, okay, give them a win. Like it's, I'm I'm okay yep. with it, you know. So, um, yeah, it is it is what it is. Maybe maybe they maybe now they get Hamilton, whoever Hamilton at at, at four, and he's much better than Hutchinson ever is at two. You know, so mm-hmm. like you never know how that stuff works out. So,
0: sure. Guys, we have reached the end of our stream. We gave all our grades. I'm going to link uh, timestamps if you're just tuning in later on down below on the first pinned comment, or I guess the only pinned comment I can't have too. Um, so that'll be down there. I'm trying to hide my burps right now <laughs> as I'm doing this. Uh, Joe, thank you so much for coming on. If you haven't seen Joe before, Joe is part of Jets X Factor. All of the links for Jets X Factor and Joe's Twitter are down below in the description. Make sure you follow him. He'll be on the show. He's on basically once a month here. Uh, Joe, thank you so much for coming on. Let everyone know where they can find you, and let them know what you got going on.
1: Yeah, I see Jeremy saying he's gonna eat a table, a, a tablespoon of some type of really hot hot sauce. I have th- uh, this; it's like the end, and it's and it's a uh, Carolina. It's like all Carolina Reaper and something else. Um,
0: that
1: That's I had a pain. That, That's just well, the, the 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 one in Virginia was like it was like a challenge. and I got a shirt for it. It was like progressively hard, and the last one was uh, uh, the end, and it had like it was like all Carolina Reapers, ridiculous. <laughs> but I did it because I'm an asshole. There you go. Um, So yeah, uh, Jets X Factor, the film reviews. I talk a lot of film and stuff on here and reference it. Just go watch it. If you, you know, that's up to you. Um, If you want to learn about the players, I feel like that's the best way to actually know them is to watch them um, and really learn about that stuff. Uh, So Jets X Factor, uh, find me on there, uh, JoeRB31 on Twitter. I'm gonna start. I kind of leaned away from doing a lot of stuff on Twitter because I hate Twitter, but I'm gonna start putting a little bit more stuff on Twitter and interacting a little bit more there. Um, and then with, other than that, uh, follow the live stream I do on Thursday night, usually at six o'clock. Um, and then, uh, Bean, I'm going on Bean show on Thursday at eight o'clock, eight to nine. I'm, I'm going to be on Bean show. So
0: check out that too. I love it. I love it. Guys, thank you so much for flying with us tonight. If you're jumping out of this stream, make sure you hit a like on the way out. I love your faces. Joe, thank you so much for coming on. My name's Ryan. I've been your pilot. This is Jets Talk signing off. J-E-T-S.